Six of the biggest conspire. Um, I'm Rick, and I'm Lee. <laughs> Hello and welcome. How you doing? Lost for words for once. I doubt that. <laughs> anyway, right. Um, so what's new, bro? Uh, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I just caught him. Like, how you been? He doesn't realise he's on a podcast. It's like, I've just rung him up. and like, uh, bro, can I have a little chat? And I'm like, oh, welcome to the Big Spy. And he's like, oh, he's not really. He's sitting in front of me. Well, he's not in front of me. He's on a screen. All right, stop I'm, rambling. I'm, I'm rambling on. Um, right. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm cool, man. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, has it been an interesting week? It's been a very busy week at work because people, idiots, sitting at home ordering things still. It pays my bills. So, but, you know, keep ordering stuff. Keep ordering those shoes, people. And um, yeah. So you, how you feeling now? You was a bit, bit off. For after we spoke last week, you had, you come off the podcast and you relaxed, and suddenly your tooth started hurting. That's I what was, I hear. It was actually hurting during the podcast a little bit. Oh, was it? Oh, you was all right. Next couple, yeah, I didn't mention it. Ah. I thought it, I thought it was going to go away, but it didn't. It just got worse, worse and worse. And then what treatment did you get? Agony. What, what happened? Right, I didn't. I, I didn't really have any treatment because it was the weekend i was thinking emergency dentist super expensive oh god expensive i yeah. get through the weekend and get into the week and then you're not, you're not insured like the dogs are you nah, <laughs> go and see the dentist during the week but so i had some painkillers just the standard stuff ibuprofen and a bit of paracetamol you know swapping around every couple of hours so yeah and I was, it got yeah, to go Sunday. Needs, you know, maybe it's like a bit of an, well, obviously it was a bit of an infection. You're cutting out, you know, bro. I was, um, sorry, it, I was saying it's a, I probably got a bit of an infection. So I was, well, if I got around the house, it's meant to be good for, you know, natural remedy for infection. So I was looking around and I found some, there was some um, garlic paste in the fridge. I like garlic's meant to be good, isn't it? So I put that on it, rubbed that on it, and it actually, yeah, it did work a bit. I mean, oh, wow. it didn't cure it, but it certainly made, it certainly eased it a bit over the next few hours into the next day. And then next day, I'd got some antibiotics and stuff to get rid of if I got an infection. And that's, it's all good now, pretty much. I should really go to the dentist and get it sorted, but that's not going to happen at the moment. No, I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you there. So I forgot my pop, my pop thingy just putting it on um that's you must be desperate man i mean that is to actually get garlic paste out of the fridge you think even fucking now something's got to work i'm just going to rub garlic paste yeah. on my tooth you know you read natural remedies and it's meant to be uh like an antiseptic and a yeah. thingy bob and uh, it, it seemed to work it worked a little i mean it wasn't i wouldn't advise that's the route you go for but it certainly helped a little bit well i was think that it did. Pun, was that an intended pun there the route you go for yes like the route. 
fruit of my is it, is it an old was it like an old injury you know like an old bad oh yeah i got i got two from ages ago it fell apart like about 10 years ago but i don't think it's the actual tooth hasn't got a root in it because when i was oh, young right. i had it, had like, it, like, it yeah. Gum, like, gum and stuff yeah and i think the gum yeah. a bit manky i'm sure I people are really really impressed with my manky teeth <laughs> living <laughs> well, up to the british stereotype yeah British, uh, yeah, I've got a couple of teeth like that, which I've not I ain't been to the dentist. For. It was, a, it was, uh, I think it was Sunday night. I just fought in the middle of Saturday or Sunday night. I was just laying there in bed because you can't sleep, your face is throbbing. Well, I might just get up and get a pair of pliers and try and pull it out. And I thought if I do that, I'm going to crush it and the tooth's just going to collapse and fall apart even more. And it's just going to be a big mess. It's not going to come out, is it? It's, it's not like just, a front tooth, it's yeah. one of the ones at the back. You'd have to, yeah, it, it's seriously crossed my mind for for a little bit so painful you just can't it's like making, a migraine making it like, hurt now talking about it i don't just uh just i don't know yeah sorry i'm sorry you got bad tooth it's like yeah, you're feeling feeling healthy and happy and good yeah i'm all right i suppose I'm a bit tired very tired and about a really 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 we're talking medical things this is like conspiracy thing but i had a really dodgy belly in the night i woke up you know when your stomach's just like oh my god this is so painful and i laid there for a bit i thought no, this isn't good. So I, I got up and paid a visit to the big white mint. And it, it was like... I don't... Yeah, <laughs> no, right. I get yeah, the idea. You don't have to... Yeah, no, you don't, you don't. Because, you, you know, like when you're there and it's like, oh, I don't know if this is going to come out both ends, you know, like... Oh, my God. It, it, be, yeah. it was so painful as my stomach. Like, I thought I was going to be sick. And it was like, you know, and then I had a disruptive sleep. Did it, you feel but... tired in that afterwards? Really tired? When? Now? No, afterwards. Well, it was fucking three o'clock in the morning. I mean, so probably... even like the following day and that. Because uh, my wife really had the same it. thing. Yeah. Oh, maybe we've got Rona. No, she, we, she tested. Did you know there, there is some... Um, she about. got some um, natural flow tests and she's tested them. Right. And she's like, work. well, maybe not. But uh, they, anyway, yeah. they work for something. She's, she's just <laughs> hoping to get a positive test so I have to stay off work. <laughs> That's not good to wish for. That's not good to wish for. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit of a break. Yeah, it's just so I don't know... You know, haven't bit. been uh, vaccinated. You have to stay off work, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't want to. I mean, it's, it's annoying because you lose money and stuff like that and stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, but it could be because I had. I had my <laughs> yeah, what did you eat? Go on. I had, well, no, no, no. I'm, I think I'm, I'm like a bit glute got you know, a bit of gluten intolerance, and I, I had, I went popped to my mother's and my sister was there and i was like my mum got out some bit i just wanted some biscuit you know with my coffee i'm not supposed to because i'm supposed to lay off the sugar and stuff so she got out some shortbread biscuits and i said to my sister do you want one she was like no because of the gluten uh the wheat the wheat um because shortbread are made from i don't know wheat or whatever it is i was like i'll be made right. from shorts i don't know but and then um maybe it was that i don't know i had spaghetti bolognese for dinner actually you know what's really weird do you know what's really strange? Because I had spaghetti bolognese, and basically, and, and no one wants to know these stories, these poo stories. They but don't want to know. When no. when I was when I was a young pup, and the fam, I think the family went. Our dad was looking for another, my parents were looking for a uh, new house in Cornwall or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Back uh, Hastings. Hastings, yeah. And you you guys went, and I went to stay with one of our aunt aunt and uncles, and basically they fed me. I think because we were so poor, we didn't used to eat that much food, but they gave me, my aunt and uncle gave me this really big dinner of spaghetti bolognese and ate it all. And I basically woke up in the night and I pooed myself. That was two years ago. It was two years ago, but you know, like, I was like, I don't know, seven or something like that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it, 
the, the strange thing is, before I went to bed, I've I, I just it I remembered it. I remembered it. Yeah. And then I, I remembered that maybe my, my body was saying you probably shouldn't because I had to get bolognese last night for dinner, and so I, I remembered that story even though I didn't have a bad belly when I went to bed. And then I woke up in the middle of the night with a really bad belly and had to get up and I was having. I don't know. It's quite interesting. What does that mean? That interesting. Really, I don't know. Maybe really it's like strange, a psycho, psychosomatic like memory yeah. that forced you to relive the almost vomit on yeah. myself when I was sitting on the loo. Um, all right, anyway. to relive it. Pass. I just, yeah, go on. Actually, lead on. Lead on from that. You can ask me the question that you usually okay. ask me about. Okay, go, bro. Have you had any meaningful dreams? Yes. Only one, but it's only meaningful because we're talking about medicine and stuff like that. Basically, um, after that night of the podcast, I had a dream about you or me and you. Basically, I tried to get into fairyland. We were going to visit in. They said we couldn't go. We had to go and do these tests. So we went to this test place. Um, I don't know what the tests were, but basically you ended up sitting in this um, concrete like chair um, and it was like a medical medicine chair like for healing and i had in the dream i had i had this um white sage and i was burning this white sage to try and heal you for whatever. trying to heal then, me you didn't even know i was ill i didn't even know you was ill so that was like you know so that uh, i mean that's the, the you know that's quite that's profound is that a profoundly kind of dream no yeah and mum and dad you be there. the judge of that and i was saying that uh, basically they had these uh, little um model houses yeah that's not really important houses. is it well, no, but only, only the fact that I was, I had, and I was like, oh, dad would like this. Dad was like, yeah, I like your house, I like this little house. Dad's dead, isn't he? He's another dad. Anyway. <laughs> okay. I, don't know. I haven't but had anyway, anything. I haven't... Knew that, yeah. And then I was going to buy some white sage, but I didn't. I bought guitar instead, which is just as healing. <laughs> not, not when you play the music, he isn't. Oi! 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 Have you Actually, had any uh, anything apart from being... No, no, incredible? going on about the actual music, because the starting music to our podcast is actually you, part of that music, playing it. Well, only, only the bass, you know what I mean? I was just bass at the time. But yeah, it is. It's my old band, State of the Union. No, not State of the Union. It? Oh, no, it was... Um, the other no, one. Sil no, no Silent Order. We called ourselves No Silent Order because... We wouldn't because a new world order. It was like a parody of the new world. New world order. We were like, no silent order. We will speak up. And, uh, okay, that yeah. went well. No, I haven't had anything. All right, my dreams have been well, returning, but not not in any sort of form. I keep waking up really early. What like what? Well, not really early, but like an hour earlier than I want to wake up. And it's it's quite nice when you wake up an hour early and you realise you can stay in bed for another hour. If I so, want to go to sleep, I don't want to be awake. I can't go back to sleep. I can't. I do struggle a bit, and then you go. But if you manage to go back to sleep, it's the best sleep ever. And then the alarm goes off, and you're like, "I'm in the best sleep ever." And like, it's an alarm. I have my best sleep sometimes at lunchtime. I have a little nap at lunchtime. Power. I did today because I was really tired because of being up in the night. And I like put my headphones on to past life regression thing, and I was gone, man. And then the alarm went off. And I was like, "Got to go drive my van." Half sleep. Stoned. That was it. Stoned at all. That's a complete lie. Wouldn't do that. Um. Anyway, cool, cool yeah, stuff. I've got man. nothing. I got nothing. I've seen no more. Heard no more owls or anything like that. Nothing. All right. Well. Uh. What, what about current news? Got any? Got any current? I'll tell you. All right, what, um. What's happening? In the the UK news is Prince, so-called Prince, so-called. He was the Prince Andrew, has had his 
um, apparent title stripped by apparently the Queen, his mum. It's like, no, you can't be that. You can't they, have these titles. No, that's not, not. It's that's not true. Not technically yeah. true. They haven't been stripped. They've been handed back. Oh. That not, <laughs> the way. Well, that's that, the way they're putting it, isn't it? His titles have been handed back to the Queen. So he handed them back. I don't know, but they've been handed back by someone. Um, it's, I think there's some, like, the, she, I mean, she's not going to go, she's obviously been, I don't know what the fuck, whether she, it's her son, she can be like, nah, you can feel what you fuck you want, you, you can do what you want, basically, because you're like, my son and we do what we want, we do what we want. Um, but I think it was like the um, military organisations were, that were a bit pissed at him that, you know. Yeah, he had to give back loads of military yeah. stuff. Uh, I don't I know why they just give him military that, stuff anyway. He's never done anything. They, they do, didn't they? they just, but there's, like, other, there's other titles as well, like royal titles that have been taken off of him, just military ones. Is it so that is it, they think that if, if he hasn't got the titles, then he's not associated with the royal family? It's like he quite claim, clearly is your son, Mrs. Queen. You know what I mean? You can't just go. Uh, it's not to do. With, it's nothing. It's nothing to do with me. Well, obviously, do you not do see it. that they're maybe getting ahead of the problem? Because they'd they'd be asking him. You know, Andrew, did you diddle that girl or any other young ladies? And he'd probably, you know, well, well, maybe under so. question. He probably started sweating, and um, yeah. he probably admitted <laughs> yeah. that he did. Well, he he would have had to. But so they think. This could come out. There could possibly be other stuff, and they're just separating him, distancing him from the royal family. You know, the core of the royal family. Because imagine, because it could be pretty devastating, couldn't it? The whole royals, if he's, if they oh, just yeah. left him as he was, and then he goes to, you oh, well, know, yeah. goes through the court, he gets found guilty, yeah. and it's like, oh, you know. And whereas now, to- if it, if in two years' time, by the time if it ever goes to court, or whatever, and then they'll be like, oh well, you know, he he got. He was sort of ostracised back then. He's, you know, he's isn't it just a, um, dirty and separated like before? Isn't it like a civil? Yeah, it's a civil case. Uh, so it's it's not. He can't get. He can't go to prison or anything like that for it, can he? In, I haven't got a clue. Way. What can happen? It's just a case of um, he'd have to pay her money. I think. Yeah. I, think. I mean, I don't know, but that, uh, that was another thing that's come out of the Queen re- removing or him handing back oh. or someone handing back. He's he's got a. She's, they're not. Like the royal family's not paying for it, he's got to pay it out of his own fortunes. So he might have to sell his chalet, which is like fifteen million pounds worth of real estate, to pay off the so, ten million yeah, pounds he might have to pay out to this woman. Yeah, because otherwise it'd be basically us paying for it, wouldn't it? Yeah. So he's got to finance it himself. Yeah. I expect to see a book or something, maybe a TV series, saying on Netflix with him in it soon. Yeah, I <laughs> podcast. But they don't know one. None. His podcast. What would his podcast be called? It'd have to be like No Sweat, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, non-sweat. Non-sweat. <laughs> Fucking bastards. They all just get away with it. I mean, it, it will be good for someone to actually, you know, someone high up to actually get pinned for something like that. But I, there's, I don't see anybody, I don't see in any, when they're talking about it, I never, there's no one that says, hang on a minute, let's have a look at the flight logs. You know, yeah. it's not just, Andrew's that's been like, totally uh, separated from everything isn't it yeah exactly yeah so that, it's almost like that, that they've hung him out to dry so that um everyone else can get away of it in a way seems that way oh. well, yeah you know, but, like, but it's it's, it's, like, it's slight it's a slightly different case isn't it it's not the same case as the, the maxwell thing 
because no one else has been implicated in that case anyway, apart from yeah. Epstein. It's only her and Epstein in that. Everyone was yeah, expecting it, a, like a floodgate of other people to be, but they just was never mm. never um, mentioned, was it? Like no trafficking. The, no. the girls were in that case. The girls were trafficked for Epstein. It wasn't anyone else involved. They she was no. just bringing them to him. There was no never yeah. anyone else. Exactly. Yeah. No, even you know they don't. Yeah, anyone. They don't. Clintons, the Trump. All of them. Gates. Every every fucking. You know. Tom, Dick, and Harry. You know, yeah. Um. So, Sorry, yeah. other news in the UK: Boris is under a bit of pressure. Oh, that's what I was going to say. He gives um, a fuck, but you know, no, he Boris doesn't. Field. But they're saying they've, they've come out that they were doing a had a drinks party the night before the funeral of the Duke of yeah. Whatever he, so that's come out. I think that's there's something there's some kind of tit for tat thing there with and so Andrew. Civil servants have said Andrew's had to give his thing back. So, like, I don't know. There's something involving the royals and the parliament or something there. No, right. I, I, don't, I don't know. Because it's, it's just like... dates, isn't it? Just dates. Yeah, if yeah, one, they had a party before, then it's... And then on the news, they were, like, showing the Queen sitting there by herself during the funeral. And they're like, yeah. I don't know. They should have cut to, like, people partying. <laughs> they should have done, yeah. They didn't. <laughs> and it was the... Um, it, the woman who was in charge of the who i all you know sort of in charge of the lockdown rules she was at one yeah. of these parties why everyone else was she was at one of those parties belly dancing yeah why everyone else was locked down <laughs> it's like and i tried to i had a, i was with some family last night you know i said earlier and um i tried to say like if it was so dangerous why were they getting together you know yeah. and having parties and stuff if they they dad have all the top information, it was so dangerous. But the cognitive dissonance was they don't care. It's like well, it doesn't matter if they care. Think you know if it was that dangerous, they wouldn't. The highest know. level of government would have that information, yeah. like of yeah, the... and they, they would have been like locked down themselves. All we have, yeah, exactly. So it's like yeah. it's complete. I don't understand. I understand. I understand. Don't understand because it's scary, isn't it? Scary, scary to accept that sort of stuff. I'm having yeah. a problem at the moment because I'm reading a book about um it's called virus did I mention last week virus mania about um yeah I think so but yeah it was all... looking at the history of viruses and stuff like that yeah. and you're just reading through it and it's giving you all these those are meant to be facts about whether the you know viruses are real cutting or... out again bro isn't your headphones no it's how can it be my headphones I don't know maybe all right. Well, anyway, it's you know, and I'm reading this stuff and you you've spent years and years being told a certain thing and you're being shown information that's contrary to yeah. that and you're just oh, i accept all this all you know straight off you could what you can do it's difficult you don't, have, don't have to accept it but no just, of course you can question that's the point of science isn't it you can question everything else yeah well i haven't finished the book yet and when i do i'll go and look at some other sources that support viruses and you know whether you know the aids virus is real or how they meant to have found it and in that as well yeah. The, yeah how a lot of people just died from the drugs that they gave them as opposed to the you know the aids uh hiv aids aids itself yeah yeah i'm oh. i'm still reading it and i'm interested in what they say about like the spread of aids how does it spread because yeah it certainly does spread yeah so, well, it's real, anyway it's real isn't it it's just hard it's, it's hard to get your head around that maybe everything you've been taught all your life is a lie 
a lie. Okay. Everything. I mean, a lie or just missing. Hang yeah, on, maybe there's... Saying... How long have I been saying this to you? You've been saying it a lot, but it still doesn't. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it is difficult. Expect yeah. people to just, ex you know, you go around to and speak to your family and say something. They're not just going to, light bulb's going to come on and say, oh, yeah, that's fine. Let's just start looking into it. And even now, stuff we talk about, I don't. Yeah. You know, I'm far more skeptical than you. I'm skeptical about everything, if you know what I mean. You're not, though. Well, I really. think I am. I, I sort of question everything as opposed to not question everything. Not, I don't yeah, but, accept anything. No, but you question yeah, it and then you still, you still have a. Oh, I suppose when I'm like I'm invested like, in believing like, in a certain way, yeah, you're not skeptical about everything because you don't, you know, the you got a certain this like the coronavirus. You you're a certain slant to the pandemic, like it's not a a real pandemic. That's your so you're not skeptical. Not you've pandemic. you've taken yeah, it's so you've taken a, a stand one way or the other, haven't you? Yeah, it's not skeptical as... of the narrative, the the um, official narrative. You're skeptical of that, but you're not skeptical yeah. of like the other side of it i'm not sorry yeah because um, you couldn't no. you couldn't live your life being skeptical of everything because you wouldn't nothing would be make sense would it doesn't no you'd be a lunatic yeah because or yeah, you I, just would be yeah you'd be a, a mad person because yeah. nothing would mean anything yeah because you wouldn't trust you don't trust absolutely anything that you see or hear your wife, your wife would speak to you you have to poke her to make sure she's real yeah or just what she told you is <laughs> she's lying to you and yeah, yeah no matter what yeah. she says and oh, everyone's well, lying well, to you all the time you didn't live your life like that shit man you've messed with me now <laughs> you, you have to make a stand at some point and no, no, decide I, to believe certain things and you know or put your faith that some I'm, people I'm are more, telling I'm you more, the truth i'm more likely to believe not the government people than i am to believe the government yes. people yeah so yeah if some if uh, they come out if like dr robert Ryan comes out and says there are little uh micro nano worms in the something even if he's having a laugh about it in the vaccine and people are going to turn into giant worms, I'm like, I'd be like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And but if the government come out and start, I'd go like, nah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're lying, basically. You're lying, liar. Um, yeah. What other? What other? What other? Um, no, no. I was thinking, is there any other news in the like our UK news? But I've got some stories though. I'll. I'll um... What would, What do you think Boris is going to do? Because he stood up in Parliament and he's like, I apologise for the parties. That happened. I didn't go to the party. I didn't know it was a party. I thought it was just a work. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, and he says I apologise and take full responsibility, and then takes no responsibility. Apparently, he's drawing up lists of people who are going to get fired, but he didn't put his name down. Ah, uh, right. And yeah, anyway, well. what do you think? Do you think he's gonna? Do you think he's gonna be forced out, or? I think he has got. Well, he has to be forced out, yeah. Well, they might have to do a vote of no confidence to do it, though. But he ain't going to give up, is he? No. He's not. He's no, not do, you do you think he's going to get the boot? I don't think he will. No, I think we'll be at war with um, Russia before he gets the boot. Okay. I think that might be, you know. That's, that's the next that. news story, then. What you got for us on Russia? Oh, I'm not going to do that as the next news story. Yeah, let's just move there. All right. Russia. Russia orders snap inspection of troops readiness for rapid deployment. Troops in Russia's Far East have begun winter inspections, according to a statement by the country's Ministry of Defence, as Moscow holds talks with NATO about de-escalating tensions. Officials announced on Friday that forces stationed in the Eastern Military District, district which covers a vast swath of land from Siberia to the Sea of Japan, 
but undertaking inspections and exercise intending to ensure the military readiness. Um, I know that could just be, maybe they just do that anyway, but I suppose at this time, while everyone's rattling their sabres at each other, then that is a kind of, we're ready. I think that, I definitely think, when we talked about um, Kazakhstan, um, was it would it be I suppose it would have been the last episode probably have to because we hadn't done loads before but um what was the reason for that apparently they're pulling the, the peacekeepers out now already I think that was a drill like to see how quickly uh, you know they can deploy troops or to show how quickly they can deploy troops in in a certain manner so it's a show of force and also you know a uh, a live drill for them to what you know what they can do so would you say the peacekeeper the the peacekeeping forces in, Ka- uh, uh, in Kazakhstan are leaving now, are they? Apparently, yeah. First, first so what have they suppressed all the... I don't know. ...uprising? Because I haven't what heard anything done? about it. Rounded everybody up and that's it. It's the, yeah, it's really strange, isn't it? Is it's the a bit, president weather back in the country? Didn't he flee the country now? Has he oh, come back? We don't know, do we? They all fled. Apparently every, the whole government fled, apparently. Um, but again, it's hard to know, isn't it? There's been... It has, I mean... Maybe Russia now owns it. Probably, possibly, but it's just been very, it's been very quiet, you know. It's yeah. Nothing, nothing in the news. It's hard to get um, people talking about it, people from Kazakhstan or et cetera, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Maybe it was just a little flare up. I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that was my, um, yeah, that, that. That, that was my first one. Um, Russia, this is, I think this was new, sort of new, Stories today. Russia preparing false flag operation in Ukraine to spark invasion. U.S. intelligence believes. You know before you... you before you go on with that. Yeah, you, today there was the um, Ukrainian uh, websites got hit. Government websites. Did you hear that? I, I didn't know that. No. Okay, so let me do this first because it links sure. into it. It's I think the um, Americans saying the false flag could be to do with. Like, this is yeah. a precursor to it. Anyway. Ukrainian government has accused Russia of being of being behind Friday's cyber attack on dozens of official websites. About 70 government websites were temporary, temporarily down in the largest such attack on Ukraine in four years. Before the sites went offline, a message appeared warning Ukrainians to prepare for the worst. Access to most of the sites was restored within hours. The US and NATO condemned the attack and have offered support to Ukraine. Russia has not commented on the attack. Uh, experts at Ukrainian Information Ministry published a timeline of how news of the attack spread, pointing out that Russian media reported it before the Ukrainian outlets. So they're saying, oh, Russia knew about it before. They're saying that it happened. Um, a bit like the BBC when you're in the yeah. uh, Twin what, Towers. Number seven. Yeah. Although I still need to go and look that up. We'll do that another day. They alleged that the attacks were in response to what they called now. Russia's failure in its recent talk with NATO over the Ukraine. Ukraine has come under intense pressure from its neighbour with a build-up of some 100,000 Russian troops near its borders. They say near its borders, but we don't know how near. It's like 100 miles away? Is that 20 miles no, away? Is that... Right there, and there's 100,000 troops literally. They're like, like standing with their noses up yeah. to the border. Ukrainian's SBU security service says in just nine months last year, it neutralised 1,200 cyber attacks or incidents. I mean... Ukraine's getting poked, man. NATO said it would yeah. soon be signing an agreement with Ukraine on enhanced cyber cooperation, which would give it access to the Alliance malware information sharing platform. I mean, more than likely, this is just America yeah, exactly. attacking them yeah. to yes. make them sign the thing to, of cooperation. Yeah. 
The White House says it will provide Ukraine with whatever support it needs to recover from the attacks. Protection. Uh, the start of Friday's attack, the message on a hacked website was posted in three languages, Ukrainian, Russian and Polish. Ukrainian, uh, it says Ukrainian, all your personal data has been uploaded onto the public internet. The message read, it continued, well, the message read, it continued, this is your past, your present and your future. Basically, they're saying, oh, I'd want to look at my future. Nice. The Polish language message contained serious errors and did not appear to have been written by a native speaker. According to a statement issued by Poland's government, it also blamed Russia for the attack. That's Are basically there a lot of it. In Ukraine, then? Pardon? Are there a lot of Polish in Ukraine? In I don't know. Ukraine? Maybe. But whoever well, done maybe. the attack didn't speak very good Polish, apparently. Hmm. Maybe Poland's going to invade Ukraine. I'm going to blame it on Russia. Uh, what's this person uh, yeah. saying? Hybrid or asymmetric warfare is an established part of modern conflict and Russia has proved itself adept at attacking the cyber realm as well as the physical. Where have they proved themselves adept? I don't know. Where? What what conflict did they prove themselves adept? What? When was it? What? Chechnya? Well, during its 2008 invasion of Georgia, government websites were forced offline by attacks from Russia. And when it seized and annexed Crimea from Ukraine in 2014, Russia was accused of launching an assortment of cyber attacks to destabilize communications and spread confusion while troops overran the region. But there you go. That's where they've done it. Okay. Got about Georgia. Where <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think they just blew it up a lot. And then... Didn't Georgia attack Russia? Uh, I don't think they did. Isn't that what Russia would say? Because I think that's partly what they're saying might happen, like a false flag. Like, oh, Ukraine attacked Ukraine. Ukraine attacked us. We have to invade. Like, no, like um, the Germans done in um, Second yeah. World War. Yes, they did. So, uh, are, is Russia the new Germany? Is, yeah, is I think they're trying to make it out that way. But it could be as well. I mean, I'm not. It does seem that they're doing, they're all doing it together though. Like, yes, you know, you can see that it's not like they're all, it's all sort of, it feels like a plan, a plot, a plan to start yeah. a war. It does. Yeah. It's like, you know, they're wicking and then they're just getting it ready to, you know, the right bits and then and they it, can just do whatever they want. It's so weird that we spent all the cold war, not having a war. And yeah. now 40 years later, we're going to have the war that sh was the cold would have happened. Yeah. You know, if the Cold War went hot, we're having that exact war, maybe. As planned. More, more population decretion or whatever. Anyway, you um, go with your... Um... Yeah, it was just, it was just um, it's more or less what you were saying there. Um, Russia it is a US, US official, who I wouldn't believe anyway, uh, said the move... I'm sorry, I apologise. Russia may have positioned operatives to carry out a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. U.S. intelligence believes a U.S. official said the move would involve sabotaging Russia's own forces, creating a pretext to invade. So basically, doing an attack on Russian forces, and then there, Russia would invade and say they were doing it. The officers reportedly trained in urban warfare. Did I say operatives? Yeah, in urban warfare and explosives. The official said, as part of its plans, Russia is laying the groundwork to have the option of fabricating a pretext for invasion. Well. And it goes blah blah blah. You know, going on the Russian military plans to use these activities in several weeks. Before military invasion, where it's blah blah. Um, I know I'm doing a lot of blah blah, but America would know, wouldn't they? Let's face it. Yeah, what false flags? They would know one. Yeah, false yeah. flags. They, you, 
takes one to know one if you know what a I mean. bit more this is off of um we'll go to the bbc but they're saying pentagon spokesman john kirby so we got a name told reports on friday about what he said were russia's plans it has pre prepositioned a group of operatives to conduct what we call a false flag operation an operation designed to look like an attack on them or russian speaking people in ukraine as an excuse to go in he said the optives were trained in urban warfare and using explosives to carry out acts of sabotage against pro-Russian rebels. He's saying the optives were trained as if it's already happened. Were trained and sabotage against pro-Russian rebels, US officials said. Ukraine's defense ministry said similar acts were being prepared against Russian troops stationed in the breakaway Transnistria region of Moldova. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov responded by describing the reports as unsubstantiated and confirmed by nothing. And so it goes tit for tat, back and forwards. One person saying it's happening, another's blah 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 yeah. blah 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. It's the same playbook Russia used when when it occupied Crimea in 2014. I don't think it was the same though. Didn't apparently the people in Crimea want Russia to occupy them? Isn't that what I, they said? People in Crimea want Russia, yeah, to. Well, wasn't that like they were mainly like old uh, Russians or like Russian heritage and there was like, yeah. I don't know if there was a vote, but it was apparently more more people wanting to be under Russian rule. I don't know if that's true. That sounds like, it's true. that also sounds like bullshit. It's, but there's still, there's fighting there, isn't there, which you don't hear about either. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, like resistance to the Russian occupation, etc. Um, I mean, even if... Even if the majority of people of Ukraine or in the Crimea did want to be part of Russia, they, I don't think invaded. they should have just walked in and said it's ours. Because, yeah, I don't know. Like it like seemed a little did, bit wrong. Like we did to Iraq. It's the same yeah, thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's and not. It's not right. Yeah, no, it's not right. Two wrongs don't make a right. Three no. wrongs don't make a right either. Might is right, isn't it? Apparently. Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends how. Um, I mean, it may be a case of NATO, etc. Be like, go on, do it. Yeah, possibly. Like, it's like the false flags. There isn't Russian false flags. Maybe it'll be like um, America or NATO blowing up Russian things mm. to, and then blaming Russia for it. And or I think, you know what I mean? Like some yeah. weird twist. So they rush these what they call false flags go ahead. They're not false flags by Russia. They're false flags by. The America and their allies. Yeah, which is and then not Russia says they're not false flags because you know they're actual real, and it's like pushing Russia. Yeah, to, like then invade and have to start a war. It's just would it know, make them, we don't know where what's right, what's wrong, do we? It makes them. Um, I don't even know the, um, the actual geographics of exactly uh, Ukraine to you know the other countries, which is um, which is a bit. Stupid, really. I know you talk about. I know I'm on about like um, what, which countries. I know we looked at like. Um, Christ, I'm not mumbling tonight. Um, Mumble every week, bro. Kazakhstan last week, right? So you've got Russia on the Russian border. You've got Ukraine, and you've got Belarus, who are Russian certainly. allies, big yeah, Russian allies. Right next to Belarus is Poland. You've got Moldova, who's like right on the which, other side of Ukraine, which I've well. just mentioned is also coming under the potential threat of false flags. Uh, and you've got Romania, Hungary. It's very, uh, very Second World Wardy. <laughs> it's very Second World 
yeah, Romania, Hungary, Slovakia, Bulgaria. I mean, uh, I mean, if if Russia thought it was a false flag by the Western powers, would they go just go through? Um, you said Belarus is very much a Russian. Is it a Russian satellite? Is it? I don't know about satellite, but it's More very they very much supported by Russia, isn't it? And they very support Russia as well. Very pro-Russian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, and then you got obviously Poland, the other side of that. I mean, whether, whether it would um, oh, bloody hell, sort of boil over in, into that, into Poland, etc. Hopefully, it will just all go away in a little while, and people will find something else to. Climate change will come up, and we won't have to bother with war. Well, I think I'll deal with climate change because that's just paying more taxes. I'll deal with that much more than yeah, I want to actually deal with about war. climate change. Did you see there was a um, a news thing earlier saying the government, British government, um, warns uh, warns um, London residents to stay in today because of um, pollution levels. No, I didn't see that. People just stay in the houses because of pollution levels. Today. Yeah, it was it was this morning. It was like um like a, a sort of a press release thing. It's like that. Get ready for that climate lockdown thing you know stay yeah. in your house stay in your house I saw a report the other day saying at some point last week um london is the most congested city in the world it's like i don't i don't believe that neither do i i mean there's a lot of cars but it's no way it's going to be the most congested city no. in the world there's going to be other like major cities that are just Oh, more. Congestion. Is that so I've they seen can justify the, um, the congestion charges. Yeah, stuff like maybe. That. And and then obviously it's you know you got the thing, the thing you got the report. It's the most congested city in the world, and then you got oh the air quality is so bad you have to stay in. Which yeah, mm, yeah. And you've but you've got have you got the um, vote for the mayoral elections again coming up? Shortly. No, I don't think so. No. Last year, wasn't it? Was it before? Was it? Was it? Was it like? Four, I don't know. It was a couple of years I'm, ago. Time does fly, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Like my, uh, sorry, anyway, going on, you said hopefully it just all sort of blow over, but I've got another um, thing linked to the Russian thing. It's basically NATO collectively preparing for every eventuality of Russia if diplomacy fails. Obviously, you know that, but NATO members are collectively preparing for every eventuality with Russia if it walks away from the proposed diplomacy path and relations with alliance with the alliance and Ukraine. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman said on Wednesday, if Russia walks away, however, it will be quite apparent you, that they were never serious about pursuing diplomacy at all. That is why, collectively, we are preparing forever. Preparing forever for every eventuality. I'm not going to make a new to put it that way. Sherman said during a press conference. So basically saying that they'll fight them. They'll fight them on the beaches. Fight, yeah, they'll fight them on the beaches and every eventuality fight the bitches on the beaches do you think um like it's i mean like if, if what's going to happen what are going to like if they invade ukraine and then nato sends troops in i mean what the fuck i don't know well there's no stopping that is there well, no. how do you stop that shit um get china to attack from the other end china thank china you're making <laughs> come on um, china Rescue us from Russia. No, will it? China will, if, if it no they won't do anything, will they? No, China will. They'll invade um, Taiwan. Oh, yeah, probably do that. And they'll, yeah, because... they'll just wait till we're all blowing each other up and then they'll just walk in and give us all loads of money to rebuild and buy everything off of us, buy our countries they up. They won't need to do that. No, they won't. They, no. they won't need to do that because they'll just... Go to they that. might. They might want to. Mm. I think you're being a bit optimistic there. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I'll be dead anyway, so. Yeah, of course. Um, so if, if, if war does break out, like it breaks out like it's a fucking disease or something, if it breaks out, if people start war in, in Eastern Europe, Will we have to stop doing podcasts because we'll be like um, enemies of the state or something? Probably, yeah. We couldn't talk. We'd we won't be on do... a podcast from um, the internment camp. I'm not going to the internment camp. I've got a bow and arrow, mate. Which you've never fired. <laughs> yeah, but I've still got one. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Okay. Let's get rid of. Uh, let's get get rid of that one. Get rid of that one. Right. I've got one more. Actually, no, I haven't. Right. Hold on. I've got, I've got two. Um, what three more little stories actually? We've got, we haven't done COVID today, and we, we're going to start ah, not doing not right. doing too much of it. But I just want to state I've, that I've Chile, Chile, has started administering fourth doses of its COVID nineteen vaccine, the first Latin American country to do so. Omicron variant fuels a surge in cases. People with weakened immune systems will be the first to receive the shots. The campaign will be extended to all those over the age of 55 in February. Infections are rising, apparently. Um, badly, South America was badly hit by previous waves of the pandemic. And yeah, so Chile's going all vaccinated. You need to be uh, get your fourth, fourth shot in you. If you want to go to, as the Americans call it, Chile. 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 Yeah. Chile. Chile has uh, fully vaccinated more than 14 million people over the age of three. Yeah, fuck then. So just over. So if you're four, you get a vaccine in Chile. Brilliant. Uh, out of population of 90 million, according to the health ministry, around 11.3 million people have already received a third dose. The country's campaign started with the Chinese-made Sinovac vaccine, and the expansion of the program to include four doses will use a combination of Sinovac, Pfizer, and AstraZeneca. Well, at least AstraZeneca's getting used because it ain't getting used anywhere else in the world. They're using a combination. What, are they just mixing it up? I f- yeah, maybe. They're just pouring it all in one bottle and just, like, pumping it into people's arms. No, I just... What did you have last time? Sinovac. This time you can have AstraZeneca. And then with your next shot, have Pfizer. I don't know. Probably. Um... President Sebastian Pinera, who visited a Santiago hospital where four f- shots were offered on Monday, also urged people to get vaccinated, saying the jabs are safe and work. He said of those refusing to be vaccinated, what you're doing is irresponsible. If you aren't vaccinated, you'll get infected. You'll infect your families, partners and work colleagues. This goes on to that about how infectious Omicron is and the world's going to end. Mike is really breaking up, bro. Sorry, it was oh, really? just that. I don't. It, it's not me. It's you. No, <laughs> I know it's me. It's not me. It's you. <laughs> oh, breaking up. Brilliant. Um, okay. Well, I've got. I've got. I've got. Walensky blames comorbidities for widespread death among fully vaccinated. This is um. Uh, CDC head Rochelle Walensky, right? Yeah. A new study has found that many people who were fully vaccinated for the Wuhan, Wuhan coronavirus are now dead. Many people. I don't know how many people. But CDC head Rochelle Walensky is blaming comorbidities rather than the jabs themselves. In an interview with Good Morning America, the Centers for Disease Control, Disease Control and Prevention mouthpiece insisted that 75% of fully vaccinated deaths occur in people with at least four comorbidities which she says are the true culprits. So really, these people are who are unwell to begin with, she said, 
And yes, really encouraging news in the context of Omicron. This means to not only get your primary shots, but to get your booster series. Well, so it's funny this claim that they were unwell to begin with was never allowed to be said in 2020 in response to pre-vaccine deaths supposedly caused by COVID. Basically, she's saying that people died from comorbidities. As yeah, the comorbidities to... were the cause of death. But when we so, say that, when you know, it's like it's funny. It's almost funny, like seeing someone yeah. like say it. It's like, oh, do you think there is um, what's it called? Um, gaslighting us. Is is that the, the thing, the the word? Or it's just I don't I... know. I think it's just it's all part of the control, isn't it? Insanity, insanity. Anyway, that that's just that winding up for whatever else is coming next. But um, here, here's this. This is what's coming next. Washington State legalized flesh goo liquefaction of human corpses one year before activating COVID concentration camps. What? I don't understand this bit. Like, basically, activate COVID concentration camps that will target unvax. Basically, the state of Washington has legalized liquefaction and disposal of human corpses. It's a fact, apparently. No one can shoot this down, but a fact, fake check fake fact check so they simply try to censor the conversation no one is paying attention what's the legalization of this fresh crew mechanism for liquid liquid i really can't talk tonight liquefying human corpses known as alkali hydrolysis went into effect on the 1st of may 2020 the law is wcw 6850110 and the passive refers to alkaline hydrolysis as a new legal means to dispose of human corpses but why? Basically, why? Yeah. Well, uh, well, it's easy. It's quick. There'll be no is evidence it? of it. I don't know. I'll, is is it, it quick? Well, what do they do with the liquid? Liquid? Was you about to say what they do with the bodies? No, I was going to say what they do with the yeah the liquid. In the last two years, there have been an aggressive push by several U.S. states to legalize the corpse disposal process, which uses co co caustic. Uh, so Fuck's sake, caustic soda mixed with water dissolve human bodies into flesh goo, which is then flushed into the municipal sewage system. To date, 20 US states have legalized this process. What? These states documented by. Flush you down America, the toilet? Yeah, include Oregon, California, Illinois, Minnesota, Nevada, and many others. Once the flesh goo is flushed into the sewers, it is collected as bio sludge and distributed on, on orchards and food farms, where it is claimed to be a source of free fertilizer for farmers. In America today, the government are quite literally dissolving dead human corpses and spreading the flesh goo on goo food farms to feed the living. Fucking I'm up. not that bothered about that. No? Not really. Mm, okay. Why, why are you so bothered about it? What, using humans to fertilise food? It's just dead not stuff, isn't it? It's just dead stuff. Mm, mm, I suppose. Is it? it? Is. Of course it is. Yeah, but not... Not Unless there's doing... something else to it, like it's oh, yeah, poison. Exactly. Unless it's poisonous or something. I don't. I didn't. I didn't understand the um. Well, I didn't understand the actual headline. It says that the this, the big headline thing was Washington State legalized flesh goo liquefaction of human corpses one year before activating COVID concentration camps. Well, that would target because they're saying strike team operations. The, the site you got it from are basically saying that they're doing the liquefaction. Process and then next next year. Well, you said they legalise it now, so next year. Oh, one year. Oh, next year you're going to get 
Oh, 2000. Yeah, so it's bullshit then. Well, this, this is like now, but uh, May the 1st, 2020. So they were saying that... So they're saying last year there should have been camps where people were being liquefied. Yeah, so... No, because it's, it's a new story. Doesn't make it's any sense. No, that bit... Well, obviously, liquefying bodies or whatever makes sense, but no, I suppose it's, it's a bit of a no story. Is it a no story? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll give it a no story. Maybe I didn't read it enough. I mean, no story. It sounds it sounds pretty disgusting, but also, if you could, how do you normally dispose bodies? You put them in the ground, like as in a a burial, or you Burn. cremate them. I suppose cremation would cause carbon. Man, it's the carbon footprint going up if you cremate people. So maybe the slurry thing is like a a green agenda. Uh, what is it? What is that food? Um, green salt, oh, salt, 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 green, salt, green, man. Everyone it's not food. It. It's just a way of maybe disposing people without um, producing carbon, like it, in the, as if you'd burn them. Right, so you support this? I'm not saying I support it. I just I'm not horrified by it. Because mm. if you say there'd be no bodies, like you hide the bodies, but if you cremate people, you don't have bodies either, do you? Yeah, no. But they didn't do it quick enough, did they? But I don't know how quickly Nazis. Was it caustic soda and water melts bodies anyway? I'm not sure it's maybe, that. Maybe, um, yeah, but you don't, I don't know. It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like a combination that is a quick melting. Uh, Otherwise, everyone, everyone would have been using it for years. All the, um, what's it? No, All the mob people. films, you'd always be like, oh, let's get the caustic soda and water and we'll melt the bodies. But they don't. So it can't be that great. It can't be that quick. I feed into the pigs, leading on to the next story. Go on then. My last, my, oh shit, where's it gone? My very last story. My very last story. I need to do more research into the melted body syndrome you do. spreading. Is a pig Ebola outbreak imminent in Europe? What does that, like, what does that headline say to you? It says, are pigs getting Ebola? Yeah. What it says is, have they infected pigs with Ebola and sent them to Europe? <laughs> so this actually it's just a story it's just a story man the highly transmissible and fatal disease for pigs known as african swine fever continues to spread throughout europe leading some to believe the next major outbreak could be nearing and may result in soaring pork prices basically it's another thing to push the food prices up bloomberg reports that the latest case has been reported in a wild boy in italy it's the first reported case in the country since the virus was first detected in europe western europe or or when the new virus comes, it's like, oh, it comes from pigs and it's transferred to humans. Bingo. Bingo, bingo. And the bingo, swine flu's bingo, back. Bingo. Swine flu. Say, um, swine, uh, what is it called again? This thing, not African swine fever, doesn't present the risk as humans, but is devastating for pig herds. Italy's the seventh largest pork producer in European Union with about nine million pigs. Unless there is one option. If a pig gets hold of a pangolin and has sex with it, the virus from that could be deadly. To Chinese. Yeah. In China. Um, yeah, that, that was my last... I know it was a bit of a no story, really, but... not And, and the whole sort of scheme and depth of whatever things and stuff like that. A story is a story, brother. Yeah, so, um, I like a bit of pork. Yeah, I like a bit of pork. It's one of the cheaper um, meats you can buy in the shop, isn't it, at the moment? Pretty much, is it? Oh, yeah. oh that's like compared to wanna... beef or lamb... Chicken's the cheapest. Chicken's pretty cheap. No. It's pretty cheap, isn't it? I suppose you get one of the cheap chickens. If you get a nice uh, grain-fed organic one, 
I've it tastes a whole lot better than the. I get a cheap bleached one. Bleached, bleached yeah. plucked chicken. That one filled it with um, spices and stuff, didn't it? It's all all the same. Bit of chicken curry. It's all good. I'm, I like making a nice Chinese chicken curry. Anyway, the story today. Ding, 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 ding. We're going to talk about giants, aren't we, Lee? Big people. We are going to talk about giants, yeah. I like giants. Not little people, big people. Big people. How We're going to talk about the um, <laughs> mythological giants more than, at the moment, I'll ask, more than... I'll ask, I'll ask a question, first of all. When someone says to you, if you... No, what, like, when you think of giants... Springs to mind giants. I say giant. Explain, tell me giant. Like a big giant, like a thirty foot of tall. Of course he's big. big. No, no, giant. because it could potentially be a man who's eight foot tall. You might people might think that as being. I mean, it is giant, but that's not what I think as giants. Probably I think giant, really it's, big. It's always giant to me. Yeah, yeah. Hang in, bastards. Um, yeah, I mean that giant. I, I, I what do you giant, think of? Hundred foot tall. Oh, okay. I'm like, a really big. Yeah, really giant, motherfucking giant. You know, like that, that, that's my giant, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk giant. That's like a proper, you know, okay. a proper giant. Um, you know, if I was to say, if someone said to me, what is a giant? Obviously, I know about the, you know, the giant bones and stuff, which we're not going into, but giant, yeah. Well, we're going to do, we're going to do the giant bones and whether it's a cover up and that next week, but we're just going to stick with that next week, some next giant. Time we next week, bro. <laughs> That means we won't. Now I've said that, certainly he will be like, oh, fudge, something will come up and my toothache will come back and I won't be able to do it. Yeah, we'll be in tournament camps already oh, next week. Next week. We'll be anyway, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I like myth, mythological. If someone says to me, how big's a giant? I'm like, oh, it's 200 foot tall. But I suppose a giant, what do I consider a giant to be? Actually, giant. What would be the smallest giant then? Eight foot tall. That'd be baby giant. Yeah. I wouldn't even cast that as a giant. That's just a big man. Right. I mean, he's a giant. I mean, he's he's giant, he's giant. but that's not. No, I you mean, get eight. Who's the tallest man? You get eight now? foot tall. I don't know, but you get him, don't you? Eight foot tall. I'll find out. It's <laughs> the American bloke. He was nine foot something, weren't he? Maybe maybe that's one maybe thing we should have looked up before we started the podcast. Tallest man. Alive in the world, tallest man alive in the world. Isn't he the? Is he Chinese? Oh, the tallest man alive ever uh, that ever was. That's that was Robert Walden. Eight foot. Eight foot what? Eight, no, eight foot eleven. Yes, he's nearly eight, eight, nine foot tall. Foot. Yeah, nearly nine foot tall. Yeah, so that. Uh... Which is pretty tall. I mean, he's gigantic for compared to a normal human, but he's not. Uh, he's not what oh, I'm thinking of, like a giant. The tallest person in the world at the moment is Turkish. Farmer. Turkish. Um, he's eight foot two. Tiny compared to our wall. It's called gigantism. He's a giant. It's called, it's a a called gigantism. It's fucking giant. That's what it is. <laughs> it's like when someone's the smallest person, it's midgetism. You're fucking midget. You know what I mean? That's what it is. You're not, a dwarf. Not, not a, it's not a. You allowed to say war. midget anymore? I'll have to say that. So, yeah. Our podcast, so what the fuck I want. Midgets. <laughs> fucking midgets come at me midgets at they me probably midgets, will yeah. i get i get punch you in the balls yeah <laughs> <laughs> fucking you get like three of them standing on each other's shoulders saying punch you in the face well not you it'd only take two to punch you in the face because you're pretty small anyway <laughs> right anyway anyway uh, i think giants are cool yeah I think the best but before you go on and just 
talk over me like you did last time. We're going to look at Giants. Um, two fights, you know, it stops you talking last time. Shut it. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about Giants next week in the context of um, like real Giants and whether it's they walked the earth and it was a there's been a cover up. Like they walk, like yes, aren't we technically talking about Giants that walked the earth? Well, I'm at the moment. I'm more more talking about um, the fantasy of giants, like legends and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like pre pre giants. Next week we'll next week we'll yeah, talk we'll about you know is this yeah, yeah, yeah that sort of thing. Yeah. So what what you got for me first? Oh, really see, we'll, we'll go back to. I know where you're going to go. You're going to go with the nephilim, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I can start with the nephilim. Yeah. Well, it's so are the Nephilim giants? Well, that's the thing because I always thought I never really. Uh, when someone says to me Nephilim, I just think of um, su- superior, not humans, non-humans that may have created humans come in and having sex with women and creating other. No, yeah. actually, isn't Nephilim supposed to be? The sons of God. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they, they created a nephilim. Yeah. So, that, but yeah, which created so yeah, created a nephilim. But actually, the nephilim are mysterious beings or people in the Hebrew Bible who are large and strong. So I suppose it's for the uh, the Old Testament's giants. Basically, the word I nephilim f- is loosely translated as giants. Yeah, I think that's the fi- that's the where it comes from. It's to do with the translation of it. Ah, yes, exactly. So. Uh, in some translations of the Hebrew Bible, but left untranslated in others, Jewish explanations interpret them as fallen angels. So the Nephilim mm. are the fallen angels. The main reference to them in Genesis, but the passage is ambiguous and the identity of the Nephilim is disputed. So in the Old Testament, the old... So in the, the in the Old Testament, how many times are the Nephilim spoke about? Do you know? Because people people say, oh, they're in the Bible. It's three times. Oh, well. Okay. So you've got... Um, I've got the actual... Up the other day. I've got, oh, yeah. Got, uh, you've the got Nephilim Genesis. Were in, the, uh, in those days, and also after that, when the sons of gods came in unto the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, the same were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. So the Nephilim were... Sorry, I know. Sorry, I'm talking over you again. Carry on. But that, that's, no, one on. Of the passages. that's one of the passages. Yeah, which is, that's Genesis, that Genesis 6, I don't know, 6, 1 to 4, I think. Genesis 6, 6, 1, yeah. 1 to 4, yeah. Genesis it's 6, really then you've got Ezekiel 32 and Numbers 13. Each of, they're the only three places in the Bible that the, the modern, the Bible we've got that speak about the Nephilim. And if I think in the King James version, which a lot of people have, they change Nephilim to giants. Like it actually says, if you go and yeah. get a King James Bible, where it where it's in other places, it will say Nephilim. In that one, it says giants. Oh, okay. But in the book of Enoch, no. is it Enoch? It could be Enoch, yeah. Because that's not in the Bible, is it? I haven't got a clue. That's not in the modern Bible, in our, no, the Bible no. we have. I think it's in the like, Ethiopian, or there is there is other Bibles out there with that book still in there. Not, not, in not that, the King James. I mean, yeah, yes. not in the King James because it was taken out during the 
know, when they decided which ones to go in and which ones to take, which bits to put in and which bits to take out. Um, but in, is it Book of Enoch? Isn't Enoch in there? I'm trying to look this up now. Don't worry, it doesn't matter. Anyway, in that bit, in that, they, in that book that they took out of the Bible, there's a lot more speak. Um, they talk of Nephilim, uh, who we would say giants. I haven't got any, I haven't actually got any information about it, but I know that's, I know that is, and there is certain um, Christian religions that still have that in their Bible. Dude, is there, um, uh, is there reference to sizes? No. Uh, yeah, well, there's a bit where they, they say that, um, like, men look as grasshoppers to All right. these people, so they're that big, but men are so that tiny. Maybe interesting. It makes me think of maybe they could fly, maybe like flying above men, so they look tiny that made them giants. Not interpretations. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like using like flying craft. But we're not talking men. about that. We're talking about them being giants. That would appear that they're really tall and like. Do you know what I mean? Because again, it's about interpretation. Also, like that. interpretation. Giants could, or I mean, it's translated as giants. We don't actually know, do we? Maybe it means like giant is in giant capabilities. Mm, I think Bro- big man. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. They. I mean, because they're they're so much, they're so more advanced than a normal man. They would be dis- described as well. They'd be described as gods, but maybe they just had really big heads. No. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm going to go no with that one, Rick. It didn't it didn't land. Um, uh, most of, apparently most of the contemporary English translations of Genesis and Numbers thirty three they render the Hebrew Nephilim as giants as well. Yeah. Um, it's, again, it's all sort of interpretation, certainly from Nephilim point of view, but I still fail to find sizes. You know, like whether it's like they were like me- say about measuring certain cubits, they use cubits and shit like that. Yeah, there isn't anything. Um, but the story of Nephilim is further elaborated in the Book of Enoch. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it came to pass when the this is the I suppose this is a very um, similar sort of phrase. And it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied that in those days were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters and the angels, the children of the heavens saw and lusted after them and said to one another, come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men and beget us children. Uh, I know it just keeps going on and on about that. But again, I don't know if I'm going to, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go with Nephilim or giants actually. Okay. I don't know. More. It's like they're 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 more than us. They're not us, not humans. But it doesn't seem to be that they're actually. It's not like on these really big people or whatever they were. You know, I know I'm sort of. No, oh, I know. So you don't think they were giant? Well, I don't think there's enough in the Bible to actually say they were giants. I mean, it's, there's a translation of a word Nephilim, we're equated to giants, but I don't know. It doesn't really. It's also fallen like. Fallen angels, or are they those, and you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They haven't really established anything here, have we? With the Nephilim, no. Probably. <laughs> have you got any? 
Have you got any foot more than Nephilim? Not really, no. I just knew that you were going to start. I knew you were going to have <laughs> Nephilim because you always go on about Nephilim and you say about giants and the. I think there's more. Um, there's more mythological stuff. Oh, well, obviously, one massive, one massive one in the Bible is um. Oh fuck it! I just got uh, the the one with the sling. Goliath. Goliath, yeah. When well, he got a bit about him and a bit later, but I don't what? think he was a giant though. Well, he was big. He was a big man. He was like a basketball player size. Actually, uh, as you mentioned him, I think I've got. Let me see. Yeah, go find him. Um, Goliath, big biblical giant. Goliath was the biblical giant defeated against the odds by the shepherd David. Described in the book of Samuel, Goliath was a Philistine, champion from the city of Gath, which was where an ancient race of giants were said to originate. The exact size of Goliath is debated, but it seems he was either six foot eight or nine foot seven. Six foot eight uh, is not very gianty, is it? No. I mean, it's big, foot, but it's not. No, nine foot seven. Nine foot seven is pretty big, though. Either way, he was a lot bigger than his seemingly puny opponent, David. He is also described in the Bible as being clad in an imposing amount of bronze armor. Uh, in the classic story of the plucky underdog, David strides out to face Goliath with nothing but a humble slingshot. The fate of his people in his hands, David launches a stone from the slingshot, which hits Goliath right between the eyes, and he falls down dead. In a rather gruesome turn of events, David then cuts off Goliath's head with the giant's own sword. Most of us know the story of David versus Goliath has since come to represent the ultimate victory of the underdog. I mean, the sling, when I, when I was younger, I was thinking, a oh, sling? What a piece of nice. piss. But yeah, I mean, they were a sling has back in the day, mate, back in the day. Balls yeah, eye in quite, your head. Weren't quite long bowmen, but you know. No, but they're deadly. Good. Oh, yeah. Get one of those. What, a sling? Get a band out. Wait till someone breaks into the, uh, what's it called? The Queen, yeah. No, the Queen's, tries to attack the Queen uh, with a slingshot. Anyway, so he's either six foot eight or nine foot seven. What are you going with? I'm going to go nine foot seven, otherwise that's just rubbish. Yeah. That's proper big. Yeah. He died really easily. Get a stone in the middle of your forehead at 100 miles an hour. Maybe they weren't. Good he enough was, slingers. Oh, did he not take his hat off or something? Took his helmet off or something because he probably not. Could hurt. He didn't have a helmet on. I don't Maybe know. It doesn't say. It doesn't tell up. me. What? Because he was like encased in bronze or whatever. Huh. Anyway. Okay. Um, I've got um, I've got a giant of legend. He's a big man. Gog Magog. Also, Gam Magog. Gamagog. Is he Irish? Gamagog was a legendary giant in Welsh and later oh, okay. English mythology. According to Geoffrey Monmouth's Historia Regum Rotante, the history of the kings of Britain, he was a giant inhabitant of Albion, thrown off a cliff during the wrestling match with Corinius. I'm just going to go with these. A lot of these names and stuff are a bit wall. Uh, companion of Brutus of Troy. Gogmagog was the last of the giants found by Brutus and his men inhabiting the land of Albion. The effigies of Gogmagog and Corinius, used in English pageantry and later instituted as guardian statues at Guildhall in London, eventually earned the familiar names Gog and Magog. So they're actually statues in the Guildhall in London. Um, the name Gog 
Magog is often connected to biblical characters Gog and Magog. So they're. Uh, you just Magog. sound like you're saying exactly the same thing. I know, thing. I know. It's like it's Gog, Gog Magog is uh, thingy bob to Gog Magog. Okay. Yeah, but Gog Magog, Gog and Magog appear okay. in the Hebrew Bible as individual individuals, tribes, oh, okay, or lands. Yeah. In Ezekiel 38, Gog is an individual and Magog is his land. Okay. It's like Gog of Magog. Think so, yeah. Magog is a man in Genesis ten. Magog is a man, and Epi. Oh, I wish I could speak. Epinimos in ancestor of a nation, but no Gog is mentioned. And centrally, Jewish traditions changed. Oh, you know, changed it. So, um, I'm thinking that obviously there is maybe they've got this thing from the Bible and put it into, you know, Britain possibly. Um, it says that Gog Magog. Again, Gog Magog, in the legend of the founding of Britain, as written by... God, sorry, I'm mumbling a bit. Gog Magog was a giant of Albion who was slain by Cronius, a member of the invading Trojan colonisers headed by Brutus. So, what, Tro the Trojans came in and colonised Britain? Is this is from right? the history? This is trying to it's like, right, link... Of histories of, yeah. yeah, this is Cronius trying to just link the... into like the classical um, yeah. Greek mythology, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. we come from these this famous... Um, Greek, well, not Greek city, Hellenic city, not Hellenic, is it? Troy, whatever. You know, what uh, I mean. blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, Gog, Gog Magog's combat with Cronius, according to Geoffrey, was repeated in Wake's Anglo God. It's not doing very well. Here. Uh, Anglo Norman <laughs> brute, a layman's Middle English brute, brute. Because Geoffrey's work is regarded as fact until the late 17th century, the story has continued to appear in most early histories of britain it doesn't really say how big this this giant was thus according to the middle english prose version of the brute known as the chronicles of england albion albina was a daughter of syrian king named d what can i just call him bob right dear diodesius from whom gog magog aloth Aragon and the other giants of albion were descended wow these giants lived in caves and hills until being conquered by brutus party arriving in Devon. A later chapter describes Gog Magog's combat um, at Devon, more or less, according to Jeff. Oh God, it's all a bit of mumbling. Basically, I think a lot of the time these like giants, they're just called giants. Like you won't get a, you won't get a description of how big they are. You just get yeah. So that's the that's they're the giants of old. You know, these were you just accept they're giants. So they could just be. All right. Yeah. Look. It's like a, it's or do like you a believe cool... that um, descendants of Troy, like people fleeing Troy after its destruction, landed in Cornwall and fought giants uh, to establish fact... the Britain, British, the, you know, the the Britons oh, in England? So, so basically, um, giants ruled Britain. Yes, and then until the descendants of Troy came and defeated them, and landed in Britain and defeated the giants, and then seeded like. The British people descend from the people of Troy, much like the Rome, is it? Wasn't Rome founded by Aeneas? Was that just a... Rome was founded by uh, Romulus and... Remus. Remus, yeah. Not that, by when they, vi when they um, from Star Trek. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they were aliens. Um, any God. Anyway... I can't. Give, a give lot me, of those stories, they're all a bit weird, aren't they? It's, uh, there's no. It's not like um, 
Gog Magog was here and then he stood up and um, he built his whatever and then someone come along and thought it's you know what? Like... There probably is a story where he done that, but Jeffrey and Monmouth just described it. He, he took the story and, and made it into a history. It's probably a, well, or was a song about, you know, that go. sort of stuff. Here we go. Here we go. I've, got, I've got some size. I've got a size. The Historia by Jeffrey Monmouth details the encounter as follows. Gog Magog, accompanied by 12 fellow giants, attacked the Trojan settlement and caused great slaughter. The Trojans rallied back and killed all giants except for one detestable monster named Gog Magog. In stature, he was 12 cubits. So how, how big is a cubit? Uh, the cubit, the cubit is an ancient length based on distance from the elbow to the middle finger. Yeah, so oh, right. who's cubit? So if it's Gog Magog's cubit, then that's a lot bigger than a a normal a normal what cubit. It, what, what if it's not? So if it's like a baby cubit, like so, it's like twelve hands, is it a cubit? Oh, it's like, from no. the length from was it your elbow to? Yeah, so so like there to there, that's a cubit. Yeah. So that what's that like a foot? No, that's bigger than bigger a than foot. a bigger than a foot. So he was twelve. So let's say he was bigger than um. So Gog Magog was bigger than twelve foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in stature twelve cubits, and as such prodigious. Oh, for God's sake, prodigious strength that at one shake he pulled up an oak tree as it had been a hazel wand. He is he is captured so that Corneus can wrestle with him. Like Corneus must be, um, you know. I got, I got a thing, different cubits to inches, depending on your uh, where you come from. So a Hebrew, Hebrew cubit was seventeen and a half inches. Hold on. Oh, right. so yeah, seventeen and a half inches. How big was Gog Magog? Twelve cubits. Okay, so uh, you have to work that out in a minute. Egyptians was seventeen point six inches, so pretty much the same. Babylonian long was nineteen point eight. Hebrew long was 20.4 estimated and Egyptian long was 20.6. I'll just say 17.5 because that seems to be, unless you're going for like a long. 12 equals 210 inches. So what is that into? That's just under 10 foot, isn't it? Or 9 foot, 9 something. 120 inches is 10 foot. It's 9 foot. Two. 30, 39. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I was trying to work out my calculator. I can't even do that. Drunk too much vodka. Um, <laughs> I haven't really. So we're saying 10 foot, yeah? No, nine foot. Just over nine foot. Right, so if he's which would nine... Which would interestingly almost match um, one of the measurements of Goliath. Well, Goliath's um, nine foot seven. And I think like that match... If we take the 17, because it could be bigger, was um, nine foot, did I say nine foot two, roughly? Yeah. So it's not too much different from the size that perhaps Goliath was. But it's got, it says, um, I know obviously this is just, it's mythological stuff. Basically, it says that they capture Gog Magog so that he can wrestle with Corn Corinius. But it says the giant breaks free of Corinius's ribs, which enrages Corinius. 
so that he picks up the giant, carries him on his shoulders to the top of the high rock, which he throws the giant down into the sea. The place where his pharaoh was known as Gogmagob's Gog Leap to, for posterity. Um, so Coinius must also be a giant. No, he's just a hero. You can't pick a 10, a 12 foot, a 10 foot man up on your shoulder. Well, I suppose you can, but that's what I'm saying. He maybe can. That's the like, point. He's maybe, a hero. Yeah. He doesn't have to be a giant to defeat the giant. Oh, you think we were inhabited by giants? Well, it was Britain. Um, yeah, of course it was. I don't know. We'll deal with that next week. I've got some British stuff anyway. Let's go with um, this is what I got for now. Giants right. make an appearance in stories from all around the world, taking different forms, but often sharing a variety of characteristics. In the ancient Mesopotamian poem, the Epic of Gilgamesh, widely considered to be the earliest surviving work of literature, the eponymous hero battles Humbaba, the terrible, a lion-faced giant who guards the cedar forest, where the gods... Nine-foot nine giant. No, a lion-faced giant. Oh, sorry. Not nine foot, so I think nine foot is probably what we need to look for in giantism. A nine um, foot lion faced giant is quite yeah. scary. Uh, in Native American tradition, the red headed Sitika of the Paiute law are man eaters, and the Nephilim of the Old Testament make normal men appear as grasshoppers. That was there's a quote. Okay. Uh, yeah. Close to home in Britain, giants present themselves in several pieces of folklore from. Wow, I can't even pronounce that. From just Badaden in the Welsh <laughs> tradition to the enduringly popular English folktale such as Jack and the Beanstalk. In Europe, including England, strange landscapes and man-made ruins or earthworks were frequently explained as products of giants. The old English poem, The Ruin, written in the 8th or 9th century, seems to talk about the ruins of a Roman bathhouse as a construction, as the construction of giants. So this is how the poem goes. Wondrously wonder Wondrously wrought and fair its walls of stone. Shattered by fate, the castles rent asunder. The work of giants mouldered away. Hot within, the stream flowed with its mighty surge. The walls surrounded all with its bright bosom. The bath stood hot within its heart. Relaticus bis welston wid gibrigum. You're doing about as well as I did. <laughs> yeah, well, that's apparently how you say it in... Old English or whatever. Yeah, so they're saying that the the giants built the built this old um, Roman bathhouse that's falling apart. So that that so they basically you had the um, after the what would be ages called? It's not dark ages. The dark ages were after this, wasn't they? But no, dark ages. No, when what when is, that poem was written? Yeah, and no, no, that was during it. You've got the Romans and then eighth or ninth century you know, coming out of the dark the, ages. Then, but... yeah, after the Romans left, you had you know, obviously the, we know what well, maybe that's during the sort of the dark ages. And then they did they found these places and they were like, Yeah, you know, they look so fantastic that they didn't think the humans, you know, we could have built them, so they must have been built by you know giants. That's that's basically what they're saying, yeah. isn't it? In this site, they're saying, um, the place that they, they're talking about in this poem. Maybe Roxter Roman city in Shropshire. Uh, several scholars suggested Roxter as almost as was almost as large as Pompeii, and its beautiful preserved bathhouse and immense seven-meter basilica wall 
the largest freestanding Roman wall in England, must have made an impression on the people who lived in the shadow of its ruins. It's impossible to know for sure, but we know that large landscapes were often attributed to giants. A seven metre wall. I've got a picture of it here, which obviously people this can't see. That's a big ass wall. Yeah. I mean, it's still standing now. Mm, so yeah, back 2,000 years later. The people wow. would just look at it and think, I mean, how do they build that? I mean, it's made mm. of bricks, so you just build a scaffold and put brick well, on think top of about another, it. But... Well, you think about the, um, the pyramids. Yeah. You know, we think, how the fuck did they make that? You know, and people do think that it was, you know, possibly made by, I don't know, giants or made by other technology, not this, you know, not that we could do it, etc. So going back and... to big stones, we're talking of Stonehenge. And we'll go back mm. to Geoffrey of Monmouth, who we know... He's probably talking bullshit. But anyway, according to Geoffrey Monmouth's 12th century history of the Kings of Britain, Stonehenge was originally brought from Africa to Mount Kilurus in Ireland by giants. Its magical stones had healing properties and the giants built a bathhouse amid the stones to cure illness, which is linking back to that past story, where, which was also the Roman was a bathhouse where people said built by giants. Yeah. It's not the same, but you know, I mean, so obviously, there's a maybe there was a theme of bathhouses and giants building the structures, maybe not. Anyway, uh, maybe curious. they did, maybe Jeff, the Romans were giants. Maybe Geoffrey suggests Merlin transported the stones from Ireland to their current location on Salisbury Plain at the behest of Aurelius Ambrosius to mark the graves of slaughtered British noblemen. Quite how Merlin managed to this is not made clear by Geoffrey, who states enigmatically that Merlin used his own contrivances to transport the stones. However, an illustration in the 14th century manuscript of the Brut, an adaptation of Geoffrey's history, seems to show Merlin by the Brut as well. (laughs) (laughs) Merlin in a temporary form of a giant helping to reassemble the stones. So did Merlin change himself into a giant and carry the stones from Ireland? I I think he did. You'd have to be a bit bigger than nine foot, but uh, done it in his spaceship. So, as um, what's his name? Monmouth. Is it Henry Monmouth? Has he got a lot of Henry Old Monmouth he, in it? Did he? Did he um write like lot of the yeah the history of stuff like that. he wrote the history of Britain, didn't he? Made it up. Well, pretty much, yeah. But he did still he wrote it, it down. Did he get the old folk? I'm saying until the 17th century, people thought he was real. Well, maybe it is then. Apparently, um, in the Mabinogi of Branwick for I'm, I'm gonna oh my god, Branwick Furlish, Britain is ruled by the giant Bran the Blessed, who has never been able to fit inside any dwelling. In Calwish and Olwyn, giants feature as antagonists throughout. Yus Badadin, chief of giants, is the father of Olwyn, a beautiful maiden sought by Kalwish Fabuxiliad, a cousin of King Arthur's. And I'm sure this must come from this chap as well. He's slain at the tales closed by his nephew, Gori Fabgustinin, while Wainak, another giant, is killed by T. That is an easier name. A well-known tale, it's just a, this is called the Le- this is from the legend of Rita Gar. A well-known tale concerns Rita or Ruda Gar, a giant who held court in Snowdonia, which is in Wales, was the um, obviously the, the uh, mountain in Wales. 
He marched against warring kings Nyawa and Paibar, overwhelmed their arms and took their beards as trophies of his victory and fashioned them into a cap for himself. The 26 kings of Britain assembled their armies to destroy Richard, but were vanquished by the giant. He was like, I don't know, he fucked them up as well. He cut off the king's beards and fashioned a great cape out of them to protect him from the cold. Sometime later, as after washed his hands after slaying the red-eyed giant Sinwi, he received a message from Ritter demanding his beard to patch his cloak. So Ritter was like, I want your beard, Arthur, so I can patch my cloak. Arthur refused and Ritter marched south with his armies to claim it from him. In resulting confrontation, Ritter is forced to shear his own beard, so Arthur vanquished Ritter and retreats much humbled in stature and much wiser in knowledge. Why is he wiser in knowledge? I don't know. Oh, because he cut his beard off. Has he learned? Yeah. A, very, a variant tale claims that after receiving the demands, Arch, Arthur marched furiously up to Nosodonia and fought against the giant in a duel, in which he lifted up his sword and struck Richard on the crown of the head, a blow so fiercely wounding, severely venomous and sternly smiting, that it cut through all his head armour and his skin and his flesh and clove him in twain, cut him in half. According to the story, Arthur commands that a, a cairn be built over his body, which forms uh, Richard's khan. Over the intervening centuries, the name Rudar was forgotten and Widtfa Rudar became known as Y Widtfa. Welsh language. <laughs> wow. Mental, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, that was a. Is, was uh, there a. Have you ever heard of um, like defeated kings having their beards cut off? Is that a thing? Was that a. It must be. Yes. Yes. Because there's. A, I, I have, yes. Um, there's there's another story yes. about Arthur where he fought King Ron's. Ronnie's, Ron's, whatever, um, with his cloak made from king's beards. King Ron's had a cloak of, made from king's beards, who oh, he'd was he obviously defeated. Uh, maybe. It didn't really go. It doesn't really say. I'm not going to. I just was skimming through this. Anyway, I've got another one here. That's not, I'm not going to take. I don't want your women, your jewels. I want your fucking beard. Yeah, like cut <laughs> off. It must be a. Um, what's it called? It, well, you, on a shame. Yeah, like a shaming to cut yeah. someone's hair. To cut their beard. Their, their beard. Well, I suppose maybe Nor- because... Be a thing with the Norse. Yeah, you would grow your right. beard to prove that you're a man. You could grow a beard. So if you cut it off, then you're like... You're a, you're a, a boy, aren't you? Again. Yeah, well, yeah. Does that mean I'm a boy and you're a man? Because you've got yes. a beard. Well, Look, I've got, got beard. beard enough for both of us. So. Anyway. I'm going to come and cut your fucking beard off. You can try. Bite, mate. Bite you. You and who's giant? <laughs> I am a giant compared to you. I'm at least two inches taller. Right. At Stokesay Castle in Shropshire, two well-heeled giant brothers are said to have lived either side of the valley in which the castle is situated. One on View Edge, the other at Norton Camp. They had uh, shared stakes in a great hoard of treasure, which they kept in a vast oak chest deep in the vaults of the castle. They had only one key between them, so whenever one brother needed to access the treasure, they would toss the key to the other across the valley. According to legend, one day one of the brothers failed to aim properly and the key fell into the dark depths of the castle moat, where it's said to lie to this day. The chest remains somewhere in the vaults guarded by a giant raven, who will not let anyone break it open without the key. These brothers, happy to share their riches with each other, are far cry from the greedy or violent giant stereotypes. Friendly giants. There's some other stories because I was looking through and um about like giants throwing things to each other, like across valleys right. or across rivers and 
There must be some symbolism there. I, I don't know what the symbolism symbolism is. Maybe it was giants throwing things. Yeah, no, but they're like they're not just. Obviously, you get giants like throwing rocks, but these like, were like, these are stories of like that. Yeah, or stones. Like they'd be a, a stone one side, and they'd throw it across a river to the a giant on the other side, who would then did, did sit it on it or something. Things? No, not it wasn't for destruction. Like the story I just read with the two brothers, they got one key. They live yeah. on either side of the valley. They're throwing it across the key across to each other so they can look at the treasure. So is it like a symbolism for? I'm going back to spacecraft, like or like flying things. Maybe. Like they, they you know, they were on one side. They could fly across that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I no, that's what it seemed like. I'm sure someone's looked into it. There's probably a great treaty. Or giants on. were throwing things to each other. Giants throwing things to each other. Um, we find a similar story in Yorkshire on Wildale Moor. You will find a mile-long stretch of ancient road that snakes across the moorland, probably Roman, but perhaps even earlier. I think they'd know whether it was Roman or earlier because they didn't build the roads the same way anyway. No. The causeway known as Wildale, Wildale Roman Road may extend even further than this, perhaps up to 25 miles. Striking Monument is also known as Wade's Causeway after a giant named Wade, or Wader in Old English. Wade is a common figure in Germanic mythology, first named yeah, in the Wade. 10th century Anglo-Saxon poem, The Traveller's Song, as the ruler of Halsing. Halsingum. It's said that Wade built the causeway with his wife Belle so that she could milk her huge cow on the moors. The boulders, else, <laughs> the boulders <laughs> scattered across the landscape are said to have fallen from her apron as she went about building the road. In the 18th century, a whale jawbone was displayed as the cow's rib in Mulgrave Castle, which Wade is also credited with building. Wade's wife Belle was no less productive and is said to have erected pickening uh, Pickering Castle nearby. While building the castle, legend says that Wade and Bell were limited for tools, having to share a massive hammer, which they threw to each other to and mm. fro over the hills. A model of marital bliss, Wade and Bell upend our negative preconceptions about giants, just like the two giant brothers in uh, Stokesay. But again, they're throwing stuff over the hills. It's like they're throwing it backwards and forwards to each other. There's definitely some symbolism there. There is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I suppose you'd need to... If if giants like these giants are not real, then what do the giants represent and what does the thing that they're throwing to each other represent? I think the giants are real. Okay. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I are don't the... know. Yeah. Is it a giant... Um, I don't know. What could it possibly mean? I'm sure someone will tell you. Someone uh, must know what it is. Are the giants... Um, like one giant is one kingdom and the other giant is the other kingdom and the thing they're throwing is the spaceship flying between them? I think it's possibly that. I didn't that, want to say that again. That, but yeah. right, you can say that. Yeah. You can say whatever you want here, bro. It's your podcast. I don't think it means that, but... It's our podcast, brother. Thank I'm you. throwing my podcast to you across the uh, web waves. Okay. Giants would... Go on, you got any other giants? I've got more. There's loads, there's loads. Um, well, giant stories. You know what? I, I, I didn't realise there were so many stories about Arthur killing giants. Our old King Arthur. Yeah, there is loads, isn't there? I didn't realise. really didn't get it. I didn't realise Arthur was Is it the, probably the same story that's been rehashed? Told. Possibly. Well, no, this is a bit of a weird one. I don't 
No, I mean, no. before you actually say it, but the Arthur would be, there'd probably been a story of him killing a giant and then it's taken by different kingdoms around Britain at the time oh, and made into their own, you know, put their own spin on it, made it encompass their own people so their names got changed and maybe slightly retold. Yeah, yeah. Pro- yeah, probably that, yeah. Um, this is a weird one. Malagar, the giant of Castle Malar, now the village of Pen Parkow, was captured in Saifolog. It doesn't say he's captured by. About 12 miles from his own castle was sentenced to death. His enemies allowed him his final request to blow on his horn three times before his death. Now, this is, you know, when they, they say stuff like this, it's all, it's obviously, it's a, it's a um, symbolism of something, yeah. isn't it? Oh, three, three times to blow the horn. The first time he blew, his hair and beard fell out as the beard again. The second blast of his horn, so great was the strength and force of the sound in that all his fingers and toenails fell off completely, which is completely strange. On the third blast of his horn, the intensity of the force of the sound caused the horn to be broken into small pieces. Mala's son, Cornipin, who was hunting with his horse and his hound, heard the sound of his father's hand and lamented over his suffering. He made to rescue his father and in riding with such haste and swiftness, he tore the head off his hound off his body. So he, he rode his horse and the head come off his hound. like, what? <laughs> he spurred his horse onwards, leaped in one great bound over the Yitzhiv River and attacked his father's captors. In the ensuing battle, he got killed. Um, I, I don't know. It's just a weird, well, you know, there's, there's, it's not just, I'd say, a lot of this stuff is symbolism, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not stuff that you can comprehend. You know, it's like, what? You know, like. I bet if you looked at stories of giants around the world, you could similar. come up with same, the similar story, same symbolism. But unfortunately, we don't know what the symbolism means. No. Well, I've we got, don't. Can I, I mean, can I, you just, probably could. Yeah, go on. Just only, I just want to read this one, but only because it's again, it's it's a bit weird. It's just weird. I just find it weird. Right, this is Quibra We need a Welsh-speaking person to translate this. Quibra the giant lived in Castle Fin Crib in Morgaweg. Nailed it. Okay, you didn't. No, it's just no. Are these actual castles, these places? Yeah, probably. His three sisters were all killed by Arthur through treachery. Arthur succeeded in slaying the giantess by nicknaming himself as Hot Pottage to the first sister and Warm warm Porridge to the second sister and as a morsel of bread to the third. When the first sister called for help against Hot Pottage, Krubar answered, Wench, let him call. And in the same manner, he answered the second sister when she sought assistance against warm porridge. And the first sister called out that the morsel of bread was choking her. And to this, he answered, wench, take a smaller piece. And when Quibber reproached Arthur for killing his sisters, Arthur replied, uh, Quibber, take thy combs and cease with courage anger. If I get a real chance, surely what they have had, thou shalt have too. I don't, it's just, it's g- I don't know. The stories. Because nowadays we have we have a, like a linear thinking, so the story starts and it, it it fits into for the most part it fits into some sort of um, framework of um, what do we call uh, oh, what's it like thing how things work what's it called yeah. like 
modern reality. day thinking yeah reality we have a like a, yeah. a way of reality and if you say you watch something or you read a story it needs to even the stuff that is different needs to fit into a framework so say yeah. harry potter is full of magic but the magic yeah. has a framework that it fits into whereas these yeah. old stories they're just it's they're just wild they don't have they don't need a framework to fit into the framework is that everything's sort of um fluid in itself yeah like the whole yeah. world is fluid and a part of it and you know uh arthur can be he's arthur but he can also be porridge or pottage or whatever you want to call it yeah. and a piece of bread it's like that doesn't make any sense but no. back when they had these stories it did make or again it's probably symbolism for you don't need to explain that arthur can be a, a piece of bread that chokes you it's crazy yeah, it's, but how and you the way you would understand yeah. it then but you wouldn't yes, understand it now but because yeah. it's been a, a thousand years since that story was created or maybe even longer how the way we feel perceive the world the way we look at stuff yeah, for the most part it, yeah. for the most part we just don't it doesn't register with us anymore we're too okay. regimented in our thinking yeah to then, actually accept that story in the way like, it comes time, across time and stuff wasn't there wasn't it wasn't linear everything existed at the same time it wasn't a beginning and end and stuff like that you know i, I don't it, think it would think. if it didn't it was back then then it's still that's still the same but people didn't no i mean in there it, they didn't it wasn't like Yes, there exactly. No they just thought everything of... was existing at the same time. There was no, they didn't go oh, two hundred years ago. Not like they probably we do, did. Like yeah, not no. like us because they didn't didn't have it all codified and written down. They had no. songs where they told tales of what happened before, yeah. and those songs would change with the telling. And uh, the three the three things might have don't might have uh, a note, a noted uh, denoted as a length of time or a when time you, of the year or something. When that, you first started saying about the um like pottage being too hot and then the cooler one i was thinking of goldilocks story yeah that's very it's quite like the free yeah. i mean it's obviously saying doing freeze as well though you know yeah things come in freeze yeah. yeah it was very sort it was sort of goldilocksy wasn't it so that's a, on the father and the holy ghost it's loads of free stuff i know we've sort of tried to find out about giants but it's more a case of finding out about how you know my you know old minds yeah well it's you know, part of it mind, isn't it yeah a lot of the like castles people you'd get stories associated like oh they got built by giants i'm just going to read this one just hold on before you go there let let me do let me do one i'm enjoying this (laughs) which is the story of these um two brothers according to the it's about um according to this tale two giant brothers who fell in love with a beautiful giantess avona uh hold on I've gone too far we need to go back a bit right this is a giant love story to the south of bristol in the avon valley we find love. the more tragic but no less humane love story of two giants gorham and vincent or geistern in some tellings whom some claim to be brothers the earliest reference to a giant named ist who once built a castle atop Giston cliff now clifton is william worcester's topography of medieval bristol 1480 However, the story did not reach its full form until its reworking by Bristol-based boy poet Thomas Chatterton in the late 1760s. So it's an earlier story from 1480, retold in the 1780s anyway. Oh, this is the tale. According to the tale, the giant brothers fell, both fell in love with the beautiful giantess Avona, the river's namesake, so the River Avon. 
They competed for her love by trying to drain a lake, creating a huge drainage channels which became the Avon Gorge and Hazel Brook in Hembury. Gorham, heartbroken at losing the contest, stamped his foot in anger, creating the impression known as Giant's Footprint in Hembury Gorge, before drowning himself in the Severn Estuary. The contours of his corpse became the two islands of Steepholme and Flatholme. The Avon Giants left their mark. Oh, we go about that in a minute. Anyway, but so it's people also looking at the landscape and saying, oh, look, there's a big hole, you know, a big hole here. How did that happen? It's like, oh, a giant, giant made a giant it. Yes, yeah, he, he, yeah. he, he stamped his foot down. Why did he stamp his foot down? Oh, he was angry because he, he lost his love. Then there's like, yeah. there's, you, know, them, you know, down the river, there's them two islands. Yeah, that's part of his body because he, he drowned himself. You know, um, we've got a near And here. people would have believed it. Devil's punch bowl, and it was like the devil, uh, yeah, the devil got angry or whatever and punched a hole in the. the I can't even remember the story of it, I'm sure there's a few, yeah, but yeah, that's why it's called the devil's punch bowl because of, um, yeah, I was trying to think. We, we've got, um, the story of the White Tower, the Tower of London. Is yeah. that not that's a uh, brand, isn't it? That's a what brand, the blessed brand, the broken. I don't know. No, 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 no. Oh, no, I'm getting Game of Thrones up. It's Bran. Bran. Yeah. Sorry, keep talking. So why do you need to go for Game of Thrones? No, no, I, I do apologise. I was doing a Google search and it come up with fucking Bran Stark. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Here we go. No, sorry. Go on, carry on, carry on. I don't know what you're trying to do. Oh, sorry. Right. Brand the Blessed. Right. Brand the Blessed is a giant and a king of Britain in Welsh mythology. He appears in several of the Welsh triads, but his most significant role is in the second branch of the Mabinogi. Mabinogi, yeah. Um, basically, what happened was Brand is a giant. Um, and basically, the Irish king Mathlick sails to Harlech to speak with Bran the Blessed, High King of the Island of the Mighty, which is Britain, and to ask for the hand of his sister Branwen in marriage, thus forging an alliance between the two islands. Bran agrees to the request, but the celebrations are cut short when um, Esnin, the half brother of Bran, and Branwen brutally mutilates Mathlick. Um, I can't I can't even pronounce this again. Mathlick's horses. Angry that his permission was not sought in regard to the marriage, which is the, the half-brother, Malfrick is de deeply offended until Bran offers in compensation in the form of a magic cauldron that can restore the dead to life. Pleased with the gift, Malfrick and Branwen sail back to Ireland to reign. Once back in their kingdom, though, Branwen gives birth to a son, Gwern, but Elflin's insult continues to rankle among the Irish, and eventually Branwen is mistreated, so the, girl, the lady is mistreated, and banished to the kitchen and beaten every day. She tames a starling and sends it across the Irish Sea with a message to her brother Bran, who sails from Wales to Ireland to rescue her of his brother, Manuadan, and a huge host of warriors. So they basically invade Ireland, mustered from 154 centuries of Britain. The Irish offer to make peace and build a house big enough to entertain Bran, but hang a hundred bags inside, supposedly containing flour, but actually containing armed warriors. Essien, suspected treachery, um, basically looks inside the hall and kills warriors by crushing their skulls. Later at the feast, Essien, again feeling insulted, murders Gwern, 
by birds, so the sun, burning them alive, and as a result, a vicious battle breaks out. Seeing that the Irish are using the cauldron to revive their dead, he hides among the Irish corpses as they're thrown into the cauldron by an unwitting enemy. He destroys the cauldron from within, the cauldron of Britain, sacrificing himself in the process. Only seven men survived the conflict, among them Manawidian, Taliesin, and Pridia Fab Prince of Dyfed. Bramwyn having herself died of a broken heart because of her son getting burnt in the fire. The survivors are told by mortally wounded Bran to cut off his head and return it to Britain. For seven years, the seven warriors stay in Harlech, where they are entertained by Bran's head, which continues to speak. They later move on to Gwales, often identified uh, with Grass Home Island off of Dyfed, where they live for 80 years without perceiving the passing of time. Eventually, um, Harling Fabgwyn opens the door of the hall facing Cornwall and the sorrow of what had befallen them returns. As instructed, they take the now silent head to Gwyneth, the White Hill, thought to be the location where the Tower of London now stands, and when they bury it facing France, so as to ward off invasion. The imagery of the talking head is widely considered to derive from ancient Celtic cult, cult of the head. The head was considered the home of the soul. Basically, and um, it was also so basically the, the head's supposed to be buried under the Tower of London, and it would only um, Britain could only be conquered after it's something with the ravens, but after the head was dug up and blah blah blah. But did that? That didn't sense? work, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't because <laughs> the uh, Normans invaded. Yeah, um, but maybe someone dug the head up then, and then the you know, Normans invaded. But that, that's a um, I don't know. But it that still doesn't doesn't um, it just says giant, doesn't it? It doesn't. You know, there's no sense of size, or, but yeah. I suppose if he's got a magic head and his head gets cut off, I mean, well, he's pretty. He's probably about nine foot tall. Probably, yeah. Plus, they lived for a long time as well, didn't they? It was like they lived for eight years on the island and stuff like that. And it's all and isn't that like on an island you're living there, like Avalon, half the stories. Mm, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, got next. Just there's like Luch. you have local stories of giants. Um, obviously you got the big. Uh, Cernabus giant, which is that big white, it's oh, cut yeah, into yeah, the yeah. Um, what's it like the outline of the white giant with his huge penis. Fat wiener, yeah, fat wiener. Yeah. You got very, other, very much other stories of like yeah. local giants. Um, the antiquarian John Wood describes one Haskell, Haskell, a giant said by local people to have thrown a stone which became Altville's quat. A standing stone near Stanton Drew, stone circle. So Again, just why like... don't they? Why don't these people call it? Well, they're using all the old names, aren't they, for stuff? Why don't they just call um, Bob? The stone's called Bob. I don't know. Not Hagwig and you. What feels quite? Yeah. Right. Anyway, right. they're saying a giant. There's like a standing stone, a giant threw it, and it stood there. I don't know. It doesn't say why the giant threw it, but done that. I've, um, I've got. Sorry, Wood, hold on. Wood reports that Haskell was so important a figure in local history that an effigy of him was maintained in the church at Jew Magna, just over a mile away. So in the actual like, Christian church, they had an effigy of this giant. Ah, interesting. Oh, it doesn't say how long it was there for. Yeah. It's how big it was. I've got um, Canfrig Wheat. How do you pronounce that? B- BWT, a giant S and witch notorious in the folklore of Gwynedd, lived under a great stone in Nant Paris and killed and ate a number of community's children. So that's a, a um, that's a bad giant. Bad giant S. 
They like eating children. Uh, Gog, Gog Fran the Giant is recorded in the Welsh tribes as the father of Gwyneha, uh, Arthur's third wife. A tale tells of the imprisonment of a number of his sons by the giants of Bron Rigging, leading to Arthur's attack on the abode to free his brothers in law. Arthur, do you think Arthur's a um, leader? That's like Arthur's leader, isn't it? So it's I know you've got Arthur everywhere, like fighting his giants, but it's probably just a, um, uh, an acronym for. Not an acronym, but a, a thing for the leader. Yeah, maybe. Not the same, probably not the same sort of person. Not the same person. Maybe we need to do an episode on Arthur. and it'll just Maybe it was just one. Like I say before, it was one person. The story's been taken and changed and warped, depending on where in the country yeah, it was taken to. Okay, so so some other giants. You've got, obviously, the um, the titans of ancient Greece. Yes. They would be classed as giants, wouldn't they? They would be giant. I suppose. Also, where they're titans. I don't think they yeah. were small. I think I always imagine them as being really big. Astral. Maybe. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, titans. Well, they are, aren't they? The titans are, um. Yeah. We've got the titans. The big. <laughs> the titans. Yeah. Titans. It's just like titans, mate, isn't it? Yeah, titans are, uh. Yeah, the titans. What 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 titans have we got? Atlas. Well, yeah, I've got. A bit I mean, about Atlas. To be fair, he must be quite big because he held up the heavens um, or sky, didn't he? So what have we got about Atlas? The giant who held holds up the sky in Greek mythology. Atlas was one of the titans who went to war against Zeus, gods of Olympus. Zeus is gods Olympus. When the titans lost, Zeus condemned Atlas to hold up the sky for all eternity. During the Twelve Labours of Her uh, Hercules, one of his famous quests was to find the golden apple of Hesperides. Atlas offered to go and fetch the apples for Hercules if he would take his place holding up the sky. Atlas duly, duly retrieved the apples and was about to take them to Eurypheus when Her Hercules asked if Atlas would mind just holding the sky again for a minute while he got comfortable. Of course, as soon as Atlas had reshouldered the heavy burden, Hercules made off with the apples and continued with his task, leaving Atlas with the indeterminable duty. Another legend involved in Atlas featured the hero Perseus, who encountered Atlas in the northwest region of Africa. Atlas tried to scare Perseus away, and so Perseus took Medusa's severed head from his bag. When Atlas saw the terrible Gorgon, he turned to stone, becoming the Atlas mountain range. So that's, that's how the... Atlas Mountain became part of came from. I've got Kronos. You know Kronos? Yeah, obviously. Saturn. Not your, no, 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 no. That's Kronos. Um, in Greek mythology, uh, not to be confused with Kronos, a personification okay. of time. Um, in Greek mythology, Kronos, Kronos, or Kronos, from the Greek Kronos, <laughs> was the leader and the young and young was the leader and youngest of the first generations of Titans, divine descendants of the primordial Gaia. Mother Earth and Uranus, Father Sky. He overthrew his father and ruled during the mythological golden age. Saturn. Until... You said it wasn't. It's not. No, because Saturn is um, the Chronos, the personification of time, isn't it? It's the same thing. You're talking. This is Saturn. He's because his dad's Uranus and his mother's Gaia. This is Saturn. Okay, right. This is who you're worshiping when you do your rituals to Saturn. I, I, I was I not meant know. to say that. Shh. Until he was overthrown by his own son Zeus in prison in Tartarus. According to Plato, however, the deities Horus, Kronos, and Rhea were the oldest, eldest children. What was that again? Would you... What was that? 
not pronounced P H O R C Y S. P H O R C Horses, isn't it? I don't know. It's got to be silent P, isn't it? Horses. Of course it is. Uh, uh, Kronos was usually depicted with a harp, scythe, or sickle, which was the instrument he used to castrate and dispose Uranus, his father in Athens. His father. In Athens, on the 12th day of the Attic month, Hecatanabayan, a festival called Kronia, was held in honor of Kronos to celebrate the harvest. Just now, as a result of the association of virtuous golden age, Kronos, blah, blah, blah. Um, but was he a giant? Oh, he's a titan. I think it. In Titan. What does Titan mean? Giant, I would say. I'm going with the Titans are giants. Was Prometheus a giant? Yeah. Okay. He was a Titan, weren't he? Yeah, he's Titan, yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's just ask the internet. Yeah, are Titans giants? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I'm not sure it's going to say that, but I'm just going to say yeah. They are. They get you a... Uh... What? Hard out. We'll ask the tarot whether Titans were giants. I just gonna I'm I don't care what your tarot says, I'm saying they're giants. Telling you. you. Ready? Are, Go on. are the Titans Are the Titans giants? Yes they are. They still are. King of Cups, yeah. Was it King? King. Cups, it is. Yes. King of Cups as well. Big anyway, because Atlas is a giant, one of the Titans. Yeah, but just a mountain range now. It's gone down in size. Um. Okay, so other um god things. The uh, what's it? The Norse. They had giants. Oh, they said the giants did, yeah. who lived in. Is it Jontenheim? Oh yeah, Jontenheim is like the realm of the giants. Who and their giants also fought against the gods. So the Titans were giants, they fought against the Greek gods. Jontenheim, their giants, the But were the were giants in um in Norse mythology, were the giants actually giant, if you know what I mean? Were they big? I'm yeah. not being funny, because giants mean something else, doesn't it, in um, like Norse? It's not no, I'm gonna say they were giant. I thought they were just a race, they're not necessarily like a like big you know what I mean? I always thought they were, but I've since discovered maybe they're not. Nah, I'm... Well... Nah, I'm saying the, the giants in North mythology are giants as well. Okay. They're also giant. They're similar to titans. And they fought the okay, gods. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't say no. It's only because I was watching um, uh, Ragnarok. Yeah. On Netflix, which is the Norwegian, you know. Okay. And he um, basically is uh, like four, the bloke in it's obviously the reincarnation of, you know, he's four and his brother's Loki. And um, he's fighting the giants and they're just not giants. Well, because it wouldn't really say. transfer to the modern world, would it? Yeah. But back then, when things were more fluid. Good point. You could be we've we've codified it with... Because um, you create your own reality. So over the years, uh, we've created uh, the reality where, you know, giants are small. I'm, I'm working on making giants big again then. Okay. 
We need to collectively Where? make giants. Walk around eating your children. We need to make giants great again. Make giants <laughs> great again. Gonna make giants great again. It's great, man. Best giants. We have the best giants. We have the we have best giants. The biggest giants. With the best giants, the biggest giants, the most giantest giants. We've got the most giantest giants. That's something you would say. Everyone gets together as giants and giants. Man. Except for me. My penis, because that's the right. biggest. No giant's bigger <laughs> than me. Well, that's something you'd probably say as well. Penis. <laughs> penis envy. Uh, what have we I got for the Norse giant? Try Norse giants? Got anything for Norse? What? Mike Tyson or something there, won't we? I don't know. Anyway, no, I've got nothing. There's loads. There's so much to read and so much to get. I just It's like there's giants everywhere. Hindus have got giants. Right, so... Okay, so giants. if giants, no, no, like giants are big. In North mythology, you've got several giant strongholds are described in the surviving texts, as well as the castle of Utgard Loki, which was made from blocks of snow and icicles and was so big you could not see the top of it. There are also castles of Gastro, Gastropinir, which was the home of the giantess Mengland, and Brimheim, home of the giant Daisy. The castle was <laughs> the castle was so big that you couldn't see the top of it. It's got to be for giants. It's got to be a giant yeah. castle for giants. Otherwise, you take so long to get up to the top of it, up them stairs. Yeah, definitely. Apparently, uh, Emperor. Um, oh, for fuck's sake, Emperor. Kaiko, yeah, oh, I'm going to read this name. Also known as, obviously, this is Japan, ancient Japan. Emperor Kaiko, also known as Oitorashi Koshira Waki no Suminari Minakoto. <laughs> Nailed it. That sounds like a spell or something you just done then. No, it's massive. It was a 12th legendary emperor of Japan. According to the traditional order of succession, both the Kojiki and uh, Naihan Shoki, collectively known as the Kiki, record events that took place during Kaiko's alleged lifetime. Kaiko is recorded as being an exceptionally tall emperor who had a very large family and a big head. During his reign, he sought to expand territory control. Basically, he was 10... Cubits. Uh, 10 foot, 2 inches tall. And that was 1st century AD emperor. And that's like a like official official shit so he's like blood of the giants 10 foot 2 inches maybe everyone was super tall and then we've just been messed with and we've been shrunken I don't think stuff. everyone was otherwise you wouldn't have stories of giants would you because everyone would be the same ah but that's why I think there's uh, stories of um, uh, fairy folk small folk we are the giants so the stories of... no I'm not going with that no I'm the giant. Know. We are the giants from the fairy no, we're folk. not the giants. If there was giants, then there was giants, and then there's fairy folk. Why do humans have to be giants? There isn't, because it's not... Anyway, I'm not well, going that. Oh, okay. It doesn't make any sense. Makes some sense. Even in a, in a world of, like, any immutable, you know, just... Or mutation and... Of small people. Transference and that. It's... <sighs> nah. What? So humans were all giants back in the day? No, in the day, man. We are giants, but because... Well, it's, that's a relative thing. No, if fairies are, like, small, we're giants. Oh, shut up, idiot. Who says fairies are small? Well, I do. Okay. 
The small, if the small fairies are small. Anyway, I've got, anyway, got a Norse story for you. This is just a little bit, it's just a weird story. Right, the most right. well-known giant lord was uh, Thrym. I don't know how you pronounce that, Thrym. It's T-H-R-Y-M. So I'm presuming the Y is like an I, but I don't know. Y-R-M. Yeah, T-H-R-Y-M. If you think of the y, the y as an I, but it could be pronounced completely different. It'd be Thrym, but yeah. anyway, I'm going with that. Known for having stolen Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. Thor famously dressed up in drag to try and fool the giant into thinking that he was the beautiful goddess Freya. How's that going to work? He's like a big bearded god. Anyway, there uh, the, he was. Yeah, no, gender fluid. Is he was all good back then? Let me finish the story, and I've got a quick <laughs> thing about it, actually. Um, thinking he was a beautiful goddess, uh, goddess Freya there to marry him in order to trick the giant into bringing out the hammer to bless the wedding. When Frim brought the hammer out, Thor stole it back and killed all the giants in the hall. What a man. Yeah, anyway, but there was a... I was a watching... Neil, Neil Gaiman. With no, I, was, I was watching something the other day about um, like the Norse, and they were saying about men dressing up who was could have been common that men dressed up as women and women as men it was like far more fluid than you would think it would be oh, it, didn't, it didn't matter what you dressed like yeah i think there's there's some proof that you know men maybe dressed more as women and wore makeup and we're talking when you think of like a viking it was yeah. their culture and it was you know maybe far more acceptable to do that sort of thing anyway just when you said about being gender fluid so that story like him dressing up as a woman wouldn't to us, it sticks out. It's like, that just seems ridiculous. Yeah. Back then, it would be maybe acceptable. It's like, oh, yeah, that could happen. Or could dress up as a woman and be really pretty, like Freya. So when they, so when they were telling the story around the campfire, whatever, it wouldn't have been like, it would have been like, oh. Yeah. If he can do it, then I can do it. Maybe it was another way to the warding elites are trying to transgenderize everybody by saying that if it's good for a god, then it's good for you. Um, I've got another story. It's another Japanese emperor. It's basically the, uh, and I'm going to say the name as well again. Uh, emperor Chuai, also known as Tarashinakasashuiki no Sumiyanya Koto, okay. was the 14th legendary emperor of Japan. And he was, fuck, he was 10 foot tall. So the 12th was 10 foot tall and the 14th was 10 foot, 12 foot tall. The 12th was 10 foot too, so they're getting smaller by two inches. Mm. Well, you know, just the fact that it's actually in their sort of history that these guys were 10 foot tall. Interesting. Yeah, but it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, oh, oh he was such a good leader. He was 10 foot tall and could take on an army by himself. It's yeah, maybe, yeah. exaggeration in... To big up the person. Well, this this the actual the um the fourteenth one, twelfth uh, emperor. The Japanese have traditionally accepted his this sovereign's historical existence, and a mausoleum for Kaiko is currently maintained. So they've actually got a uh, mausoleum for him as an actual. Yeah. Maybe they, should, maybe they should dig him up just to find out. Maybe they have already. Yeah. God, there's so many stories. There are, you know, I. And I struggled a bit at the beginning with this net with the Nephilim, you know, and, and even some of the, the Welsh stuff because you just you yeah, just, their yeah. names are, to us they're unpronounceable. 
I got a bit scared, like trying to tell the story. I was like, oh, mate, I'm glad I'm not live on stage or something because I'm getting stage fright because it was, you know, and you just sort of lose yeah. it a bit. But, you, you look know. at it and you think, God, those names are just ridiculous. Anyway, okay, so we got another giant, apparently. Balor, one-eyed god of death. I know Balor. In well. Irish mythology, Balor was the king of the Fomorians, a race of giants who were said to be early settlers of Ireland. Balor, much like the Cyclops, was a one-eyed giant and the god of death. Whoever was caught in his gaze would die instantly. Due to this unfortunate tendency, Bella kept his single eye closed until his terrible power was needed. According to a prophecy, it was said that Balor would be killed by his own grandson, and so he imprisoned his daughter, Ethelin, in a crystal tower in a vain attempt to prevent her from having any offspring. However, before long, a Sian, a minor god, snuck in and impregnated Ethelin. Who gave birth to three sons? On discovering the birth of his grandsons, Belar had them thrown into the sea. But the boy, but one boy, Lou, escaped his fate and was fostered by Manon, Macbillier, the god of the sea. The prophecy finally played out when Lou led the Tuatha de Danann, a race of Irish gods, into battle and killed Belar by ripping out his eye. Um, isn't slain the the um, sworn enemy of slain the, the horn god yeah <laughs> great graphic novel um so you see there's some things there like a similar similarity to some of the greek myths like throwing the children into the sea yeah. got that i was expecting that, for a minute i was expecting him to like swallow the children like chronos or whatever but... uh, taliesin um ending up in the, the casket um you know how he got his he, what? He got his what? He got his um, magical powers, looting powers, and stuff like that. His um, uh, poetry and stuff like that. His magical when you say team. looting powers, it wasn't like um, going out and robbing a shop. You mean playing the loot? He, yeah, I oh, know it's a big long story. I can't. I, I'm not. Gonna yeah, you don't it. have to say yeah. it now. But but yeah, he ended up in the water and got rediscovered and. Yeah. Okay, so this one is a a Norse legend. There are countless giants in Norse legend, and Hrangir was one of the biggest and baddest. One day, Odin, leader of the Norse gods, Asgard, challenged Hrangir to a horse race. Odin rode his super-fast eight-legged steed, Slipnir, and Hungry rode his standard-legged horse, Gullfaxi. Unsurprisingly, Slipnir... Is that how you pronounce it? Slipnir? Outrun Gullfaxi yeah. and led him into the realm of Asgard, where, feeling sorry for the loser, Odin invited Hungrir for a drink. Unfortunately, Hungrir was not a good drunk and had soon become belligerent and argumentative, claiming that he could kill all the gods of Asgard, except for the goddess Freya and Sif, whom he would carry off with him to Jotunheim, the realm of the giants. Becoming tired of Hungrir's arrogance the other gods called upon four who challenged Hungry to a duel. Hungry agreed and on the day of the fight he turned up clad in stone armour and carrying a giant whetstone as a weapon. Four threw his trusty hammer Molnir and it smashed through both whetstone and Hungry's head and the latter fell to his death. It's said that the fragment of the whetstone fell to the earth and became the flint we see around us today. Mm. I mean it's a pretty that's, that's, shit weapon, though, isn't it? Yeah. I just got a big. Yeah. I've just got a stone that you. Sh- is it like a whetstone? Is what you sharpen blades on, isn't it? Or just like yeah, 
four just killed all of them just like had he never met four before has he never heard a story about the hammer and that like i'll just <laughs> put some stone armor on and just carry a big stone and i'll take him on obviously they were a bit stupid weren't they like I mean, it's a cool way how how we got Flint. Maybe, maybe, so is that a representation of, no, it's not, I'm thinking like some meteor or something like that, but it isn't, not at all. Oh no, it's just a way to explain where Flint come from. Like, where does Flint come from? Oh yeah, there was a giant and he, uh, four smashed him to pieces, basically, or wrecked him with his hammer. And he wasn't even dressed as a woman at the time. Oh, so what's your, um. What's your favourite giant? Of all oh, I've got some more stories yet. Okay. I don't know all the oh, giants, yeah. but let's do this one. I haven't even read this one, so I haven't got a clue what it's like. Uh, Gentil are giants from the mythology of the Basque region of France, of Frain? France and Spain. That was, a, that was a combination in the France and Spain. I just said went for Frain. Works. And are, uh, are said to represent the pagans who inhabited the land before Christianity. Uh, Gentil were enormous, strong and hairy and loved to throw rocks. Because of oh. this, they were thought to have built the many megalithic stone circles and dolmens in the Basque region. According to legend, Gentil died out after a huge, bright cloud appeared heralding the birth of Jesus. The frightened Gentil did not want to cha- change and ran down the mountains and hid in a dolmen, never to return. However, one Gentil resire- survived. Olent Zero an especially large and grumpy giant who enjoyed a tipple. Having survived the death of his people, he is said to have walked to the nearest village and cut the throat of all the greedy people who had eaten too much. This legend was soon adopted and adapted during the rise of Christianity and Olent Zero was repackaged as a Basque version of Santa Claus. In this sanitised reimagine, he visits children on Christmas Eve bringing toys he has crafted himself. Never heard just Ah, I, don't, I haven't had a lot of stories out of that sort of region, like mm. Spain and maybe France more, but especially not Spain of giants and stuff. Giants of Spain. Giants of Spaniel. Yeah. Like that. So they took it, the Christians took old Olin Zero, who was, I don't, who would go down to the village and cut greedy people's throats. I've heard stories of, um, Giants in Is that sort of a naughty and nice thing though before you go on like naughty like all the people were like overindulging so they all had to die. It's like so don't overindulge or Olin Zero will come and cut your throat. Yeah, and eventually it was like, yeah. No one will have food basically. No, what it is, yeah, you eat too much, everyone dies, isn't it? Corsica and Sardinia, there are certainly um stories of um giants from there. Sardinia. In in the um catacombs and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely yeah. Is that all you got? Yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay. Do you know what? I can't. I don't want to mumble on about it because I don't know it. You know what I mean? Like I don't want, can't oh, explain yeah. it. But it's a, you know a particular. There's a particular story of um, a group of children. I'm sure, I think I think we talked about it on one of our podcasts. Children going missing. There was a group of school children. They went missing under the. Um, I'm sure it was Corsica. In the tunnels with the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. It, there was a, linked you to, did... It's linked to giants, or, you know, um, like a, a is that one where school. we is that the one where we was talking about a missing four one one and then you was Possibly, that just yeah. or maybe the underground we were at the one about the un, was there underground tunnels of under the I don't know is yeah, one maybe. of them 
go back to people and listen to them all. I can't remember which one it was. Probably not even there anymore. It's probably one of the first ones, but. No, Sorry, yeah, they're all there. There, man, apart from the very first one. Anyway, in Japanese folklore, we've got Japanese giants now. In Japanese folklore, oni are often hideous giants. I told you two Japanese giants. I know, but they were they were like emperors or Japan, whatever they called. Emperors. They were emperors, weren't they? Yeah. In Japanese folklore, this is a more this is more like Japanese, not single people. This is. Japanese giants, Oni, often hideous uh, giants in demon form. They are depicted looking fearsome with red or blue skin, three fingers and toes, and grotesque horns. They are also often naked. They throw a loincloth made from the pelts of wild beasts. Described as super strong, they are also very keen on the human flesh. Oni usually live in hell, having been sent there and transformed into Oni for living an evil life while on earth. However, the very worst kind of Oni are those who are so unspeakably wicked that they are turned into Oni while still living and roam the earth causing misery to others. Japanese people traditionally celebrate the Setsuban festival in the spring to drive out the Oni. During the festival celebrations, soybeans are thrown in the air to ward off any lurking three-fingered beasts. So you need to defeat them, that's pretty easy. Perhaps four should have thrown some soybeans at fucking <laughs> what's his name? So you just give him soybeans. Apparently. Uh, apparently gin are giants. Is that right? Yeah. I thought they were just uh, like us, smokers fire, but they're like us but in a different way. Gin are just demons, man. No, I mean I suppose they they could manifest as huge giants. No. Uh, gin are neither good nor bad, actually. I think you'll No, I'm not having fire. that. They don't like us, but they're neither good nor bad. Nah, I'm not having it. I know here. Like humans are created with fitra, neither born as believers nor as unbelievers. Their attitude depends on whether they accept God's guidance. Since jinn are neither innately evil nor innately good, Islam acknowledged spirits from other religions and was able to adapt spirits from other... Oh, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, they're, they're neither... They're just, I'm, they not are, savvy, I'm not putting them in with giants. They're something else. Yeah, some, neither am I, but it was just... So why'd you bring them up? Because it was in the list. I just clicked okay. on it and it was... All right. They're not in... No, they're not giants, no. Uh, there's Dun a story about Gog Magog again, but that's the same one pretty much. Probably just a different slightly telling of it. Yeah. Right, who's this? Yeah. Kumbakana. Hey, what you see? Where's he from? She. There's not a lot Kum of female ones. Kumbhaka. Yeah, there's loads in... Um... Like Norse Few. mythology, there's loads. Giant, I was going to say giantesses. You always hear about the um, giants going after the the you know, the um, Nephilim. Back to Nephilim, mm. saw women and thought, "Oh, because they're women, there weren't many of them." Maybe. But yeah, like um, North mythology, North mythology. Lots of the gods married giant women or had babies with giant women, or giant women had. Were the gods big? Are they giants? I don't know. They, they could they be. Could I think. Uh, I think they could be. Or they. Yeah. yeah. They want. Exactly. They're gods, aren't they? Anyway, back to um, Kumbhakarna is a giant demon featured in the Hindu epic, the Ramayana. Kumbhakarna was a giant in size and giant in appetite, but due to a trick played by the goddess Saraswati, his tongue was tied so that when he tried to ask you for a blessing, instead he asked for a bed. And as a result, he was doomed to sleep for six months every year. 
Despite being of the general kindly character, after six months of deep sleep, Kumbrakana would wake up so hungry he would consume anything in his path, including hapless humans. At one point, Kumbrakana's brother, Ravana, needed the giant's help to win a battle, but Kumbrakana was sleeping and it took a thousand elephants trampling over him to rouse him from his slumber. Great story. Kumbrakana then gamely joined the war against Prince Rama, but instead of achieving glory, he got rather drunk and blundered around the battlefield doing more harm than good before being killed. Oh, that's a sad story. He was just a pisshead. He was a drunk giant. Yeah, he just, you know, uh, when he, uh, I, I want, was it he wanted? Ask him for a, yeah, I went to ask for a blessing, but got, come out, can I have a bed? So he went to sleep for six months. <laughs> As you do. As you do, yeah. Because he was drunk. Oh, it is a, it's a question. Would you like there to be giants wandering around now? No. It'd be like, if suddenly humans start getting born and they're like um, big. How big are we talking? We just going with the nine foot? Fifteen foot. I mean are they are we just are they just humans who get big? They got well, special is... powers? Can we shoot them? Oh yeah, well if I'm oh, not be funny. I mean it's just big humans. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? Wait. Yeah, I mean that'd be cool. They could it, go and do building projects and... Well, no, you could make them fight each other. <laughs> Carry people across rivers and stuff. I don't know what big people do. You'd have to build all your buildings bigger. <laughs> yeah. Well... Like they did uh, in yeah. the old days. Those big doorways, eh? All them old churches with them huge big doors. Was that for the giants to get in and out? Probably big priests. Okay, I'm down to my last giant now. I didn't realise oh. it was a giant. Many different levels. Uh, maybe really, I think he realised. He realised he, he was big, big boy. Right. Many different legends surround the Greek giant Orion. Did you know Orion was a giant? I know he's got a belt. Yeah, but did you know he was a giant? Yes. You're lying to me. In one um, version, he is an egotistical hunter who brags that he can kill any beast alive. On hearing of his boast, the tiny scorpion, a, a tiny scorpion, stings Orion and he falls down dead. Oh, that's pretty that's shit. Another story has it that Orion was yeah. was left blind after he tried to take uh, Merope as his wife against the will of her father. To regain his sight, Vulcan bid his friend Kedalion sit on Orion's shoulders and lead him towards the east where the sun god dwelled. As the sun rose, Orion's sight was restored by the beams. Orion then went to live and hunt with Diana. But her brother Apollo grew jealous of their close relationship and when Orion was walking through the water with just his head above the waves, Apollo bet Dinah she couldn't hit the far distant form on the horizon. Taking the bait, Dinah released a slew of arrows and fatally hit Orion. But when the waves washed his body ashore, she realised her grave mistake, weeping over the loss of Orion. She had him placed in the sky among the stars as the constellation Orion. I didn't know he was a giant. Is he a well, giant or are they just making that up for this story? Are they just making up how the stars came to Orion's belt? Which part? Are they making up whether he's a giant or making up whether he's stars in the sky? Like it, making up whether he's there's not, I mean, it's a story about Orion. He's a hunter and he's a braggart and, you know, sort of stuff. It, it's not really a giant story. Is he? he doesn't do anything gianty. It's not like he goes up against the little... Well, I mean, the scorpion stings him, but... One thing does make him giant. You could have a, you could have a tiny oh. scorpion... Hold on, but... 
a normal man a scorpion's quite small to a normal yeah, man isn't it what about his head poking out on the horizon i suppose yeah in the waves it makes it quite big, doesn't it or just makes everything really if the earth's fire. flat especially if the earth's flat yeah, yeah. that horizon's miles away i don't get the scorpion though well, because he's meant to, the bros is he could kill any beast. So he's like thinking, oh, big bears and lions. And so the scorpion's like tiny. He's like, oh, go and take me on, man. Kills him. He didn't say anyone wants to kill me, kill me. He's just like, I can kill any beast. And the scorpion's like, so yeah, but it's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. I'm killing beast. I like scorpions now for that. Because it killed Orion. Exactly. Then, for... then that's one story. But then also Diana killed Orion. Imagine if that scorpion didn't kill Orion, all those lost sailors, because of Orion's belt pointing to the North Star. The three point. What? Well, it wouldn't be there. Point is it's the point sisters, isn't it? Three sisters, whatever it is. Not point sisters, sisters. Don't they sing music? The point yeah, sisters. I <laughs> am I right? Am I right? I don't know what you're talking about. The North Star with the point sisters. Point. point <laughs> the point the sisters. Top. I can find my way anywhere, man. As long as it's not cloudy. Have you got any more giants for me, Rick? No, I've got no more giants for you. There's loads Uh, of giants. uh, Yeah, there's loads of giant stories. I like them. I like a lot of the giant stories. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm more... um, Yeah, I'm... Yeah. Also, a lot of them are quite... um, Gianty. Thoughtful. Yeah, they're giant or gianty. They got their tails like... Have a... Well, most of those old stories do, don't they? Have a a reasoning behind them. Like the giant does something and then... Apart from the one with four and he's through his hammer and smashed his stone armour and his whetstone. I'm not sure. It would definitely be interesting. Do you know what we didn't? We didn't look at... Um, there were some stories, actually, which I didn't actually think to look at, but it's the American Indian tales of stories. Yeah. Uh, which we'll do next week, because that, I suppose that will link more into like the cover-up of giants. I think it might giants, do, yeah. Which, is, you know, there is, there's definitely an anecdotal... Well, I, said, I said at the beginning story. about the... I can't remember what tribe it was. Had the red-haired giants. Mm. Yeah, that's very much. That's a, a strange giants, yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. Why would there be red-haired people in North America? Because I don't know. Exactly. They were there dun, first. Dun, dun. Well, of course, they were there first. Yeah, but it's definitely interesting. Um, yeah. I'm all jointed out. Giant, like giant. Calls, call, giants are cool. Um, we know that there's, there's a lot of symbolism in the stories that we don't understand. They've got big shoes and big feet and stuff like that. And um, Some of them have one eye. Some of them have eyes that turn you to stone, cut you, turn you to fire. And... About the Cyclops. What the Cyclops would Cyclops, not on there. I thought I had a story about the Cyclops, but obviously save it but the cyclops is also a giant isn't he you know i'm gonna come off this and there's gonna be loads of stories and i'll be like oh fucking hell yeah is that one yeah of course one. i mean go look up giant stories they're all over the place we but i like i like to um have a think about the symbolism of them no we didn't we didn't obviously didn't talk about you know jack and the beanstalk which is like in the most quintessential sort of giant story isn't it you know yeah um and what what that would mean you know what is i mean obviously that's a is it called a parable is that the word I don't think it is. No, that's a story in the now. Bible, isn't it? Oh no, like a some, you know, like it's, it's a um a metaphor. Then again, a metaphor. It's not. Or, I mean, I don't. 
or big beans no it's not it's for, probably be for out of body out of body experiences yeah, it's astral real probably reckon yeah. climbing that yeah. bean ladder well, yeah, take your soybeans uh, take your protein consuming, shake consuming i don't know something, and, um, mushrooms probably yeah probably yeah and then climbing you know going out of your body and then you're going to find the golden goose which is the mystical knowledge or whatever something it's that that and it? it's, it's something to do with that well that's <laughs> what you're saying it is some other person would be like oh if i just work really hard i can get the golden goose and then i'll be really rich no, it's not like we, we didn't it might not be hard, but someone could also think take it you can take it any way you want man i wouldn't think about it like that but there you go. i know you don't but someone could think about it like that i work really hard now ain't no golden goose oh pardon me got a bit of wind um <sighs> anyway that's right. that's done that's probably that's our longest podcast we've done ever. It's not. It is. It is. We've done about two hours and twenty minutes. Then now, still, we're still doing it. We're still here. Um, not for long. Not our longest. Anyway, we are the big conspire. We talk about giants and things like that. That was episode forty-six. That's Lee. This is Rick. Gone. Where can you find us, bro? Right here, brother. Social In- media art of the city uh social media twitter pretty much that's it um big conspire at hotmail.com if you decide to okay. it's is it the big conspire it's just big conspire it's big conspire big conspire at hotmail.com if you'd like to drop us a line i know send us a message on twitter um post us some money somewhere See, if you can't post us some money what are you going on about that's that's what it, that's where we are anyway uh, yeah, Facebook. you can you can catch oh, us on Odyssey. That's the big conspire. Yeah, want to come and hang out I, with us when we record this live on most uh, Friday evenings, uh, UK time, about eight thirty on Twitch. That's the big conspire. The big conspire. Yeah, and um, so if you if you find it mildly entertaining, you think you know someone who might find it mildly entertaining. Send them a link. Tell them to go and listen to us. Yeah. Share us around a little bit. Show some love, people. If you've got, like, spare time during the day, just put it on and talk to us. If we won't talk back, because... Yeah, you're just losing it now. Okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'll catch you. <laughs> catch you next week. Do you not want me to give you a nice dialogue of the end of the world or whatever? So. Yeah, no, well, like last week, yeah, right. Honestly, right, no, thanks for that. Take it in. Yeah,